Hello and welcome to Media Made, the show in which we, year by year, explore the movies, music, and TV that most evaded our lives. I'm your host, member of the Backyard Gang, Rod, and I'm joined by... Karama's girl, always, less than three, less than three, exclamation point! Yep, that's what I'm going with. Okay. <laughs> Say your name. Jess. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of kawaii in there. Hey, but, hi, welcome to the show. Uh, if you are new to the show, here is the lowdown. Jess and I, we have gone through a list of every television show that debuted in the year of our Lord, 1992. <laughs> um, and we've decided which one each of us had seen the most of in our lives. That's the most episodes, or perhaps even watched the show from start to finish the most. In, in Jess's case, that, that happened. <laughs> That's true. In, in, in my case, no. It's unfortunately just the show that I've seen the most episodes of. <laughs> I tell you what, this is one of those shows where I'm just like, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I have a lot uh, nobody, to apologize for. Kids, nobody is as sorry as me. You know, you know what we're going to talk about today because you've seen the thumbnail, you've seen the title. Um, all I can say is I'm sorry in advance. All it's, I can say is you had the power to skip this episode. Hey, hey you wait, did wait, this to wait, yourself. Wait, wait, before you do that, I will say it's going to be a lot more fun than you think it will be. <laughs> I've, I've I've prepared a lot of fun things to talk about, and then once you once we get the the garbage out of the way with with segment one. Segment two is going to be a lot of fun because we're going to talk about a pretty good show. Yeah. So, the, with, <laughs> again, the, with that, we're going to be talking about two shows from 1992 that um, I've seen the most and Jess has seen the most. So we're going to start with my show of 1992. Now, just to remind everybody, I was born in 1992. You debuted in 1992. Um, I was... 11 days old when this show debuted. All right. Yeah. Now oh. people know exactly what your birthday is. Yeah. Hey, send me, send me money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Send me Amazon gift cards. No, but yeah. So um, again, this show debuted right after I was born. I am older than this show, but not by much. Debuting April 6th, 1992 on PBS, created by Cheryl Leach, Kathy Parker, and Dennis DeShazar, uh, starring Bob West, David Joyner, and a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> we have Barney and Friends. Barney is a dinosaur from our imagination, and when he's tall, he's I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've had to watch through this specific episode. More than once and because I, of the choice I made in a marriage and partner. Beca and because I had to uh, capture clips, I've had to watch it another time. <laughs> it's a stupid, stupid kids show. But you have to understand, this show is ubiquitous. For, for, for little babies that were born in the early 90s, this was the show. Fine. Like... Everybody watched Barney. All of my friends. I've never seen a day of Barney in my entire life until I met you. I think that's a lie because, and I will prove it later on in this episode. Excuse you. Did you call my mom? I did not. Get out of this house. No, I did not, but I will prove it to you. Anyway, um, so yeah, like I had my best friend growing up, right? His name was Michael. I was. Michael. Like we, we were best friends from like, you know, age two to age 12, right? Mm -hmm. And. He, when we were little, 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 little kids, he had his own plush Barney that he would just carry around everywhere. I had a stuffed bear named Dodo. He had his Barney. <laughs> that was what, that, that, it was just the way, Barney was everywhere. We all loved it. And the issue is, so it's like, yeah, this show, it, it, it came out in Andy 2, and as we'll talk about with Runners Up, there's like no real, like, 
show that would have yeah. like no runner up would have beat this show Barney. was Usain Bolt. Um, and here's the here's the the other thing. The reason why this is my show is because I grew up watching Barney, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I watched PBS and PBS Kids and all that stuff. By the time I aged out of Barney, my little sister then started watching Barney. So I had you know two childhood two two childhoods worth of Barney in my backlog, I guess you know in my in my head. You know, I remember I had a bunch of Barney VHS tapes. According to my dad, I had all of them. I don't, I don't think that's the case, but I definitely had a few. And then when my sister uh, was little, she had a bunch of little Barney tapes. So it's like when we would go to like daycare, or go to the go to a babysitter's house, right? She would bring her Barney tapes, and I have to sit there and watch the same episode of Barney over and over again <laughs> as a like you know an older little boy. <laughs> yeah, but you 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 pretended you didn't like it at that age, but you liked it. No, 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 no. There's a point. I feel like there's a point in everyone's life when they age out of Barney and then they become re- like repulsed by Barney, and That's they true. they they want him to to die a violent death. <laughs> Yeah, and then you become an adult, and you're like, wow, I was a kid. That was a really violent, like, reaction to a fake thing. And then as that adult, you rewatch Barney, and you think to yourself, I understand the murder that was in my heart. It's awful. (laughs) It's so bad. I wanted something to die so that I would stop watching it. I didn't want to commit a murder, but I wanted an emergency to happen to stop me from (laughs) watching this. Do you have a history with Barney? I know you're adamant that you never watched it as a kid. Uh, my mom says I watched a lot of it. There you go. <laughs> um, so I have a rec- I have the return of, of a segment that I introduced uh, in our last in our TV. Is it uh, or, Dad th- Guilt? <laughs> no, I have a new I have the re- a returning segment from our 1992 movies segment, and that is the segment called Mom Texts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I texted my mom a simple question. I said. What is your honest opinion of Barney the Dinosaur? And she said, she responded, I can't remember an episode, but you loved it. And every kid loved it. (laughs) Every kid loved Barney. And then I asked a follow-up question. I said, you weren't annoyed by it at all? And I, you know, bless my mom. She said, at the end, I was tired of it. You, you sort of put off with that when you see how much joy your kids have with something. And I was like, that's... There, there's a reason I'm not a parent and my mom you know, and other people are because I can't understand that sentiment. Yeah, I don't have mom texts, but I like talked to my mom this weekend about how you did this to me. And she was like, oh, you watch so much Barney. And then I was like, no, I didn't. Like, yeah, you did. Barney's and Blue's Clues. That was it for you guys. And then she happened to, I'm sorry, all the parents that are out there listening to this, because um, my mom lives with my sister and her children. And she said, but Barney was leagues better than this Bluey crap. And I was like, I've seen some episodes of Bluey. I don't mind Bluey. I don't know Bluey. I like Bluey. I've watched Bluey in this house. And you've been, you stopped and you're like, what are you watching? And I'm like, shh, it's okay. (laughs) We don't have kids. I just like silly cartoons. Shout out to Bluey. (laughs) No, my mom said no shout out to Bluey. My mom says Barney is superior to Bluey. Okay. I would like to see... (laughs) Kids, what have you? What do you guys think in a poll? Bluey or Barney? I will say, you know, bless all you parents out there who put up with terrible children's programming because you love your kids that much. That's true. It's something I admire, but I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's let's jump into Barney. Let's not. Let's jump into his Can we jump his around? wide open arms uh, as he embraces us arms wide into open. death. <laughs> okay, so. uh 
Teacher Cheryl Lynch of Dallas, Texas, came up with the idea for a children's programming after noticing that her son had outgrown his We Sing Together sing-along videotapes. This was was the 80s. It was the the height of the videotape craze. Yeah. Everybody wanted to get quick, get rich quick making uh, videotapes, you know? (laughs) So it's like... Any any jabroni who had a a, a video uh, camcorder could could make a crappy videotape and sell it, you know. And then if you had if you had a, even like a small budget, sometimes you could take off, right? So right. this woman recognized that there were no existing videos that appealed to her son, so she assembled a team, built a budget, brought in some children education producers, and created a series of home videotapes called Barney and the Backyard Gang. Oh. So I ad- I definitely appreciate this woman's like entrepreneurship. <laughs> I was like, I can get behind that. I feel like one of my uh, philosophies is if there's something that exists, if you th- if you search for something on the internet and it doesn't exist, it is your responsibility to put it there. If you believe that, why is there not yet a B Blink B fifty twos? Blink. There is a Blink B fifty twos. We created it when we recorded that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our 1989 music episode. Go ahead and watch that or listen to that. But um, so I I definitely had at least one of the Barney in the Backyard gang videotapes, right? This was pre-Barney and Friends, pre-92. Mm. Um, it was – I remember it vividly. I remember an episode where Barney and his his kid pals, they go camping. And it's all about, it's all about teaching kids like the do's and don'ts of camping out in the woods, right? Like – one of the things they taught was like, if you get lost out in the woods, you should stay put, hug a tree, and blow your whistle. <laughs> so you, all the kids had little like can't, you know <laughs> had little whistles that they would carry around with them while they're going out hiking. And if you got lost and it's dark and scary, you just stand next to a tree and you start blowing your whistle so that you know people can find you and rescue you. <laughs> I mean, it would probably work. Yeah, you know. So I I, I watched Barney in the Backyard Gang. Good job. Was it better? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember it better than the show Barney and Friends, but like, who knows? Was he still in a big, was he still a big purple bubble? He was, I, I did. I looked up like just briefly. I looked up like a clip of Barney and the Backyard Friends. It's a different suit. It's more angular. Like he has like a bigger like nose. He's less uh, plush. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. they were probably going actual dinosaur thoughts yeah. rather than like plush. Yeah. Speaking of dinosaurs, originally the star of the program was going to be a giant teddy bear. But since uh, Cheryl Leach's toddler son had an interest in dinosaurs, and again, this was the Jurassic Park had, like, I think it just come out. So, like, dinosaur mania was huge. So the character was changed to a dinosaur. Huh. There you go. Dinosaur! Yeah. Sorry, uh, a friend's kid screams dinosaur like that. So anytime dinosaur is said, I typically say it like that. I wonder if that kid likes likes Barney. We will not do that to our friends. No, no, we will not. (laughs) The first Barney and the Backyard Gang video, titled The Backyard Show, released August 29th, 1988, and was sold directly to the public. In, oh. in total, eight Barney videos were produced between 88 and 91. Uh, the series was a regional success, but only a moderate success through the rest of the country. Somehow it penetrated me in Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> However, in 1991, the daughter of Connecticut public television executive Larry Rifkin rented one of the Barney videos and was quote, mesmerized by it. Hey. So Rifkin thought the concept could be developed for PBS, so he spoke with Leach and the other creators about putting Barney on television and then pitched the show to CPTV president 
Jerry Franklin, whose preschool son also fell in love with it. (laughs) I mean, look, it filled a need. This was the time of latchkey kids. Like... Here's the thing, like, it... I feel better about kids being mesmerized by this than the weird, like, gotcha egg videos yeah. that are on YouTube these days. You know, I'm yeah. sure, like, I'm sure parents of little kids, like, know what I'm talking about. Like, mm-hmm. little kids are just, like, they just watch weird grown men open kinder eggs for hours. Like, yeah. that's weird and exploitative. Barney, at least, is not quite that. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't start off like that. It legitimately is a passion project of a mom trying to give wholesome, good entertainment to her child. Right. And make some cash. Make a little bit of cash. <laughs> okay, so Franklin and Rifkin convinced PBS to, to pick up the show, and they revamped the Barney concept for television. And Barney and Friends debuted in 1992. Barney and Friends were born. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and that is Barney. And so... <laughs> we don't have to talk about the show. We gotta talk about the episode. We don't have to talk about We gotta episode. talk about the episode. How about we rock, paper, scissors? No. Hey. <laughs> Let's... Hey, this is a partnership. We make decisions together. Rock, paper, scissors. Let God decide. Put that away. Okay, uh, so speaking of the episode, we watched this when we did this, like, when we were watching through all of our television year by year, just as, like, a couple's exercise on our own before we decided to turn this into a podcast. Um, We watched it at normal speed, and it was miserable. We legitimately, 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 kids, we were watching it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this has to be almost over, right? Like, it's, it, it has to be almost over. 22 minutes this, has to have passed, It right? has to, it was seven minutes. It was seven minutes, and it felt like 45. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. So what we did when we rewatched it for the show, <laughs> we, we, we bumped, we watched it on YouTube and bumped up the speed to a time and a half. I almost never watch things in normal speed anyway, so let's get it done. Yeah, and it seemed normal speed at 1.5. Yeah. <laughs> the show is so slow because it's for babies. Exactly. Okay, so the first episode of Barney and Friends is called The Queen of Make-Believe. Do you know why? Yes. <laughs> why? Because a child was queen. And she was also a she. Which made her a queen. But she wasn't a real queen. She was a make-believe queen. <laughs> so this is, uh, every, uh, from what I understand, every episode of Barney has a different theme. Yeah, they're trying to teach a different lesson to kids. Uh, the lesson of this episode is teaching kids about make-believe. Which it, we got right away, right? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't think that there wasn't any lesson taught at any point, right? You <laughs> knew that they were teaching a lesson, right? I knew it, but I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was like... Because they made it believe. You can't devote an entire episode to teaching kids about their imagination. That's what kids do every day. No, no. That's no. all kids do. You have to be taught how to be imaginative. Big Brother says... I was like, you can encourage make-believe, but not make, don't make that the, the, the prime lesson of your show. Like, teach them something important. So anyway, yes. So uh, these little kids, they start the episode um, playing, like, a royal court. They're, well, ima- they're already imagining at the start of the show. Yeah. The first thing they do is playing make-believe. I have a question. Is this happening at a daycare or, like, a preschool or something? Seems like a daycare. Okay, so it seemed like everybody went home and they were just like... They were, the, they were the last kids to get picked up from daycare. But there were no adults. There were no adults. But they, they have Barney. The adults were probably out back smoking. Tell us, good queen, what is your wish? I wish to see the royal dinosaur. Barney! <laughs> Yay! Yay! Huzzah! 
So yes, uh, Barney is an imaginary di- giant dinosaur that they talk to, and is apparently their uh, the only supervision that exists in this world. <laughs> um, it, it it at first Barney is a little plush doll that sits in a tire swing, mm-hmm. and when they imagine him real, he becomes a giant man in a suit. But they didn't use his ima- their imagination because they didn't know how to use their imagination yet. Because Barney had taught them how to use their imagination. But he does he does teach them like r- immediately. Well. Sometimes I'm in, but today I'm a make-believe queen. Oh, I see. You're using your imagination. We all are. Imagination is like make-believe and just pretend. That's right. (laughs) And no matter what you call it, the magic of imagination can make every day more special. So really what he's teaching them is synonyms. Yes. Okay. They already know that. It's like the the little girl explains to Barney what imagination. Imagination is just play pretend. And I'm like, so what's the point? So maybe they learn this in preschool daycare and they're telling Barney. They're teaching Barney. In a way, yeah. Why are you making me do this? (laughs) Why are you? You said you loved me at that altar. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Okay. So... Very quickly, you the, it establishes that this show is not just an edutainment. Like it's it's not just educational; it's edutainment. So they need to edu- they need to entertain the kids, right? And by I guess Barney and friends, they thought the best way to entertain kids is with song and dance, which they do so often. <laughs> every every five seconds, every five seconds. So yeah, like they're talking about imagination, and it like seamlessly transitions into a song. <laughs> We don't have a king yet. Oh. So by the power of make-believe, I make Barney my king. Oh, Oh, goody. (laughs) I feel just like old King Cole. Grade A transition. (laughs) (laughs) Old King Cole was a merry old soul and a merry old soul was he. He called for his pipe and he called for his bowl and he called for his fiddlers three. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to me? Dance with the fiddlers, dance with the fiddlers, dance with the fiddlers three. A few things on that. Um... That, bear in mind, I'll bring this up in a second. That was but one verse of this song. And I'm sure, listener, you were like gritting your teeth going, I hate I hate these kids singing. I hate this song. Make it stop. Yes, we all felt that way. That was one verse of Gold King Cole. They sing four. There's four more times of that. Anyway, like the, the, the beginning of that, like, I want to make Barney my king. Like, there's something like oddly romantic about all the kids like they all they all love yeah. barney in a very romantic way yeah. <laughs> it's weird yeah i get it i mean you know we all love our friends and they want we all want to make our friends our kings you know honestly sometimes i'm like you go queen i could get behind don't if you're gonna make me do this i'm gonna be on barney's side <laughs> i'm gonna be on barney's side he can do no wrong now we're going back to Old King Cole. So they sing the entire song of Old King Cole, right? And, like, I, when we first watched this, it's like, as soon as he starts singing Old King Cole, we look at each other and go, oh, no. <laughs> and then they sing four verses of this song, and we're like, please, make it stop. <laughs> and then it stops. We're like, oh, thank you. At least they're not singing anymore. And then? They just sing it again? <laughs> Your Royal Highness, I have a question. Yes, King Barney? If it pleases your royal highness, may we do the dance again? Yes, you may, but the dance 
Continue. They just sing it again. They just the whole thing. The whole, all four verses, again. Can you understand why seven minutes felt like forty-five? It's. It seemed like they just used the same clips too. Like they, no, they just used the same footage of the kids dancing and Barney singing. They did. I'm like. For one, I'm just like, this show is incredibly cheap, and they're just like, we need to fill 22 minutes, what do we do? Let's just have them sing the song again. Kids won't notice. They'll sing it with them. It's repetitive. Kids love the repetitive nature of things. Like, the kids that this is aimed for, preschool-level kids, this is aimed for them, and they guess, yes. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's miserable. It's... I hate it. It's very hard to... It's very hard to get through. It's so hard. I will, you know, give, give us a little break from the Barney clips for a second. I, I want to read a little uh, stuff about the production of the show. So, um, the for several years, Barney and Friends was taped at the Color Dynamic Studio facility in Allen, Texas. Um, I felt like the set was adequate. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a little playground set, a little schoolhouse set. Yeah. And that's it. It did its job. Yeah. Um, no, as far as I could tell, none of these kid actors went on to do anything else. These specific ones. Yeah, these specific ones. And we looked it up and apparently, like in the Wikipedia article. There's a list of all of the different kid actors that were on Barney throughout all the years that went on to actually be, actually be famous. So um, of the notable kid actors, we've got Danielle Vega. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. Uh, she, it's fine. What's it? she, she was a Nickelodeon, a Nickelodeon star for Nick a bit. Nick Kid, okay. Yeah. Uh, Demi Lovato, the Disney kid, right? Disney singer, yes. Uh, Selena Gomez, also Disney singer. Yes. Debbie Ryan. Yes. Is she played Jessie. She's a Disney kid. Okay, okay. She's on a Netflix show that we will never watch. And Madison Pettis. Yes. Is that a, another Disney kid? Yes. <laughs> Did, I, I, I assume Di- Disney must have bought Barney or something. <laughs> They turned Barney into a farm for all no, their children. No, no, no. Because um, Disney also had Mickey Mouse Club. And Mickey Mouse Club, they had freaking Jessica Simpson, all the Ryans, <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Christina Aguilara. But uh, so after they sing Old King Cole twice, um, they sit down and and basically from, there, from then on, it's just the kids do something that involves using their imagination mm-hmm. and then moving and then they move into a, a, yeah. a song and dance number yeah. uh, so what do they do to, so they to stretch at, their imagination they look muscles? at clouds and see what they can see in the clouds i'm looking up at the sky and i see clouds clouds aren't very special barney. yeah you piece of crap barney <laughs> you're still just looking with your eyes look with your imagination okay i need him to not whisper in my like ear please <laughs> no 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 see? no 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 not for me thank you <laughs> <laughs> also i was hearing sirens and i was like was that a- is that, that in that, my headphones or is that out of my headphones that was in real life <laughs> okay because i was just like that'd be a fun soundtrack behind barney look at these clouds what neighborhood <laughs> is this daycare in? But I'm like, do you really need to teach kids to look up in the clouds and, and, and see Honest, objects? Honestly, I would teach kids not to do that. Have you ever stared at clouds on a like blue day? Yeah. Does it not like hurt your eyes? You're no. just looking at them reflect the sun. At, I don't look at the sun. I don't look at the sun either. They're just really bright and white. <laughs> I don't know. Like I feel like the human brain is wired to see familiar objects and unfamiliar things. And That's fair. So it's like... Little kids do this anyway. 
Yeah. Maybe it's to like encourage in- imagination. It's like, it's not weird that you do this, kid. Everyone does it. It's important. Nobody does it. You know what everybody does? Finds faces in cars. They, they, we all do that. We all do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, of course, the cloud talk transitions into a musical number because everything does. Uh, that is the song, If All the Raindrops... It sucks. <laughs> Jess looks like she's having a migraine. You could have made this faster. Why did you not speed up the audio? <laughs> I'm turning that off. So you, you, I'm sorry, but before that clip started, you went, ah, 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 ah. you sang along to this song. No, when we watched it. No, I didn't. I didn't even remember this song. We've watched this multiple times. Here's the thing, though. I look. I can't prove this. I did some research. I think this song was written for Barney. That's fine. Or it was popularized by Barney. Yeah. And I... that is my proof that you watched Barney. No, no, no. Peter Rabbit, honey. Oh. Peter Rabbit. You try to come at me with false facts? You better check yourself. I'm a prosecutor. <laughs> yeah. So, what else do they do to stretch their imagination? Um, yoga. I don't think they do that. You're right, they don't. <laughs> but it rains because they're eyeing, uh-huh. and so they go inside. But it doesn't rain apple drops and gumdrops. No, right? it rains toxic waste, <laughs> and that's how there's a dinosaur with them. <laughs> it rains uh, early '90s acid rain <laughs> due to that acid rain. Due to that acid o- rain. Due to that Austin, Texas smog. <laughs> Oh man, does Austin, Texas have smog? I don't know. Oh, it's no. humid. Um, it rains humans. <laughs> no, it's humid. Okay. <laughs> um, they go inside and uh, they play house. There's a young boy who looks quite suave and a very big mustache. He has a fake mustache on. They 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 have a tea party. Yes, a fake they, tea party. They do have a fake tea party. Which I'm like, sure. <laughs> so that they can sing, I'm a little teapot. And we all know I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle. Here is my spell. We all know that. You're so cute. You had me capture this clip because the little girl who sings that song. Sings the second verse. I didn't know there was another like line in the song. Yeah. I'm a very special pot. It's true. Here, let me show you what I can do. I can change my handle and my spell. Tip me over and pour me out. Does this mean I learned something from watching Barney? You did. Hey, congratulations, Barney. You taught an adult something. I'm walking out. No. <laughs> I need my last check right now. <laughs> I quit. She goes like, she goes like, I can move my handle and my spot. She just like sh- shifts her hands. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's not like impressive, girl. It's impressive if it was an actual teapot. That's true. Alchemy. Though I don't know why you can just like turn it around. <laughs> just, what is that word? Spin it? Yes, just spin it. <laughs> Twist it. <laughs> and what else do they bop do? Bop it. What's the next thing? Baby bop it. Ah, uh, the next thing they do, I think they find boxes. No, they do something else before the boxes. I think they, they find boxes. Isn't there another dance before the boxes one? They find boxes, and they're like, mm, what can my imagination make this box into? A castle, possibly? Because that would be on brand, because that, the, the whole show is about the yeah. queen of make-believe. Yeah. No, I, it's not It's not a castle. Look what I found. 
We could use these boxes and stuff to build something. <laughs> but what will we make with them? Something really fun. I know. Let's build a, a robot. robot. Yeah, the queen that. says that, by the way. <laughs> the little girl playing the queen. So they, they, they try to make a robot out of these boxes. They just don't have enough stuff. They don't have enough stuff, so they have to pull out. And this was like total recall. I forgot that this was a thing in the Barney show. Uh, Barney pulls out the Barney bag, which is this purple bag that is like, it's like this magical pocket dimension. He could pull anything out of it. It's like Hermione's bag, except it's big as um, Mary uh, oh, Poppins' bag. It's, like it's, big, it's as big as a whale. No! <laughs> or or it's like Marnie's grandma's bag. Oh, from, yeah, 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 yeah. From Halloween, Halloween Town. Halloween Town. Everyone has a bag. I think we need more than boxes to build a robot. Well then, this looks like a job for... The Barney Bag! The Barney Bag! I still hear them saying body bag. <laughs> the body bag! Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> I feel like you could... I feel like that. that's just... That's a... That's a parody video waiting to happen, you know, like when, whenever they make a, a Barney horror film, which I think they have already. Smoochie is dead or whatever. Maybe. Yeah. I Death to Smoochie. I'm pretty sure that's a movie. Oh, I thought that was a band. I, I don't know. But um, Death Cab for Cutie. Wait, yeah, never that's mind. different. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, just have the kids like be excited about a creepy body bag. I mean, technically, Barney himself is a body bag. He's a bag. <laughs> With a body inside of it. You're true. You're right. But yeah, so they build this robot. He pulls out the Barney bag and they pull out like some tubes and some other fun objects. And they're able to build a robot out of everything, out of the boxes and the body bag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and they find a head in that body bag. <laughs> Something to use as a head, I yeah, mean. They, they turn the teapot into its head. But um, basically the robot comes to life, in quotes. It's just one of the kids wearing the, the robot like a like a you know, costume, I guess. And, yes. And of course, they got to do a dance. Yeah. And they have the worst song ever. <laughs> this is a song that it's clear they did, they're not using a public domain song. <laughs> they wrote this song for the show and it sucks. What if I like it? <laughs> I'm a little robot. I feel great. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> when I touch my leg. <laughs> The, the lyrics are, I'm a little robot, ain't that great. When I touch my leg, I walk real straight. <laughs> when I touch my leg, it, it's lazy. Yeah. It's, mm, yeah, it's, a, yeah, I mean, it was the song I had the least problem with, though. It is funny when we when we turned it up to 1.5 speed it felt like a real song. Yeah. <laughs> because that song is so dang slow. It's like I'm a little robot. I feel great. Where's it? I'm a little robot. I feel great. Yes, I don't know. It it, it just sounded better, but of course they needed time to kill. <laughs> yes. Cuz they need to reach their their quota because on Because they PBS. couldn't just kill us. <laughs> gosh by this point we had just given up we were just like please make it end and like they sing a song like seconds after this robot song and i don't even remember that one they all dress up like animals and i'm screaming at the screen barney teach us something yeah tell us anything what's the point <laughs> i sound like jerry seinfeld yeah, you do. <laughs> 
Did they sing a song about animals? Yeah, they all like the. You didn't get a clip for that, right? No, I didn't. Okay, good because I don't remember it, and I don't need that <laughs> in my brain. I've already deleted it. Apparently, it was so bad. And then they go outside, and they're like, "Oh, because it the, stops raining." And they go in the jungle gym, and they sing like a song about being on a rocket ship flying through the sky. I vaguely remember that because I remember thinking the choreography for one of the kids was weird. And so, yeah, it's just like they just keep – they just load up on the songs. It's like six or seven songs in this I think episode. it's really interesting that we're talking about this movie in the same um, year that we're talking about Aladdin because Aladdin, I was like, I genuinely keep forgetting that it's a musical. It's just like, oh, we had that one song at the beginning. Or, well, technically the opening song, Arabian Nights, and then – Gotta steal to eat, gotta steal, gotta steal, I'm a thief, that song. And then it's like <laughs> a really long time until the next song. And I was like, all right, this is a musical. Whereas this is like... Why is this a is musical? This- <laughs> yeah. It felt very much just like, this just feels like a commercial where music is playing the whole time. It's, for it's 22 a, minutes. It's a sing-along tape masquerading as an educational show. Yeah, there's a lot of... It's not, it's not, it doesn't... T- Maybe other episodes teach you something, but it seems like this show is like we're the te- we're the TV babysitter. Yeah, we will we will occupy your kids' time for thirty minutes, and the price you will pay for that is that they will be singing these songs for thirty days. <laughs> it, se- it seems like the the YouTube market has like completely like taken over whatever the role Barney filled. You know, mm-hmm. like now hit, hit, you know. Parents will just hand their kids their iPhone and just watch like a bad YouTube video. We will not do that. I don't. I don't support that, by the way. No, no. Um, no. I think you need to monitor what your kids are watching. Yeah, yeah YouTube's yeah, yeah. algorithm is bad. That's very true. At least PBS was like curated for children. Yeah. I don't support this Barney crap, but at but least it, it's curated for children. That's fair. I'd let our kids watch Bee and Puppy Cat though. Be, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're like, no. All right, let's rush to the finish here because I, I can't take any more Barney. Um, of course, the show, as as every episode of Barney does, um, the show is wrapped up and they sing a special song. What song is that? Please put the chicken on the table. <laughs> what? That's a song. My sister put it down. No. <laughs> I love you. No, wait. Huh? Nobody goes home until the queen gets her last royal wish. Oh, <laughs> and what's that? <laughs> I wish you'd sing the I Love You song. Oh, I'd like that. I feel like we all know what it sounds like. We don't have to play this. <laughs> nope, we're going to play this. Hey, you turned that back on. <laughs> no. She's muted it. <laughs> I love you. you I'm cutting it. <laughs> I just I just faked everybody out. No, screw that song. I hate it. We've we've all heard it and we all hate it. Uh, uh, yep, I love you song. We uh, all know what it sounds like. And if you don't, Google it yourself. Yeah, go listen to your own go listen to it on your own time. So speaking <laughs> this of This is technically your time. So so I love you is the song. Uh apparently uses the same tune as This Old Man. I've never heard this old man. This old man. That old man, this old man, <laughs> that old man. <laughs> Probably something like that. <laughs> that old man. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> anyway, the song's lyrics were penned by Lee Bernstein. Uh, uh, Bernstein Bears? No, it's not Bernstein, it's Bernstein. 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and were first published in a book called Piggyback Songs, new songs sung to the tune of childhood favorites by Warren Publishing House in 1983. So childhood it's like favorites of Bruce. <laughs> yes. Yep. Boomer songs with new lyrics. Got it. So this old man was an old boomer song, and they just added "I loved you" to it. I'm pretty sure I know this old man. I just can't think of what it is. If I saw the lyrics, I'd probably be able to see them. Yeah, anyway, continue. So apparently, there was a lawsuit over the use of this song in Barney. Um, the publishers of the Childhood Favorites book sued Barney in 1993, okay. causing three Barney projects that were in development at the time to not be able to use the song during the duration of the lawsuit. Huh. Uh, legally responsible. All right. So there's just this dark period in Barney history where I Love You could not be sung. I totally know this old man. Uh, both parties reached a settlement, and I Love You was finally sung for the first time again, December 1994, during the PBS special, Barney Celebrates Children. That sounds like a weird Michael Jackson thing. <laughs> I'm sure Michael Jackson met Barney at some point. Yeah. It just feels like, we are the world. Celebrate the children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, also, it's... This old man, he plays one, he plays one on his drum. Oh, yes, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh. He plays one on his old drum. There you go. You've, I mean, that, like, as soon as I, the I lyrics, think, I think like, I think I've oh, probably yeah. heard the, the first part of that, but. And it just counts. This, if this, this song is more like, it helps you to count. This old man, he plays two. He plays two on his kazoo. This old man, he plays three. He plays three on his uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. What's up with this about? This old man plays four on his guitar. This old man plays five on his... No, no, no. On his jive? No. With his friend Clive. <laughs> <laughs> not it's on, awful. Not on Clive. Do, do better. And then, <laughs> do and better, Nick, man, Nick Paddywhack, give a dog a bone. Oh, yeah, there you go. Nick, ah! Nick Paddywhack. There you go. Okay. We've all heard that. Anyway, I'm glad that we, we went on this journey together, my, my children. <laughs> all right, that's Barney and Friends. Would you recommend it? If it were between this and Pee Wee? Yes, I would recommend Barney. Oh my god, you monster. (laughs) You're the monster! Pee-wee's way better than this. No, no! I wouldn't wouldn't recommend this to my worst enemy. I wouldn't even recommend this for children. I think there's way better children's entertainment. Like, Blue's Clues is smarter than this. Bluey is better than this. Bluey. Oh Oh my gosh, if we're, are we recommending our favorite kind of children's show? Hilda. Watch Hilda season one on Netflix. Season two is up too and is also very excellent. But if you just want chill, right? Hilda is a great show. Watch Hilda. Watch Bluey. I can't think of any other good kids shows right now. But anyway, let's talk about how Barney and Friends was received. Barney and Friends was reportedly a runaway success for PBS with Leach claiming that the show was the number one show on the network from the very first episode. Uh, Several critics praised the show's educational value. You're wrong. (laughs) Including Yale University researchers Dorothy and Jerome Singer. What does Yale know? Who called the program a, quote, model of what a preschool television show should be. Okay. Let's say, like a different world, the first season was lacking. So maybe it got more educational. You can't remember. I remember one episode where Barney and his friends go to the beach. I don't remember learning anything there either. Maybe not to drink salt water. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I guess so. <laughs> That's the thing. Like maybe Barney's big best lessons were when he was teaching children how not to die. <laughs> I would watch a oh, a clip show of oh how, man, that's a that. super cut I want to see. Yeah, Barney teaching your kids not, not to, to die. die. Oh, 
fork. Look, it has prongs, and so does that light poke. What is that called? Plug. What is that called? Outlet. And Barney's like, ho, 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 Trevor. Don't put that in there. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty, dirty. Yep. But, as we all know, criticism has been lobbed at the show for being too repetitive and lacking substantial educational content. Uh, Jerry Franklin credits these sentiments. Jerry Franklin is the guy guy who, like, helped put Barney on the map. Mm -hmm. Um, He credits these sentiments to the fact that Barney is unabashedly for children. He said, quote, When adults say they don't like Barney, in a way, we take that as a compliment. Barney is not designed for parents, where Sesame Street is designed for parents and children. We made a conscious decision to make Barney simple. It's not a program for parents. Barney relates to preschoolers. We think he speaks to them at their level, which is, in simple terms, and with music. Yeah, but the parents have to be there, too. Yeah. I mean, they put it on, but I feel like nowadays, right, we we have kids, we're going to be like, no, it's got to be something that both of us can stand to watch I trust again my, and again. And I trust my kids more with Big Bird than Barney. Yeah. Bear in the Big Blue House? Ugh. I'm sure that might have been better than Barney, too. I don't remember that show very well. Uh, the show has been cited by publications like Parents Magazine and Forbes as a contributing factor to the perceived sense of entitlement seen in millennials who grew up watching the show. I don't understand. Okay, Boomer. I don't, what does that even mean? They well, think, like, how, why are we Barney entitled? taught you to love everyone. Barney told you it's okay to I'm get I'm sorry. Post- entitlement is having respect for other people. Barney taught you to, that uh, participation trophies are acceptable and that you should accept everybody and that Stop. diverse cast of children is good. <laughs> like, that's what that rings to me. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to. But you're an idiot. It's like, there's plenty to criticize about Barney. That's not one of them. No! <laughs> I, was like, I don't like Barney as much as the next guy, but like, I don't, I don't think he contributed to That's not the reason in- we are entitled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's dumb. Barney and Friends has been nominated for 15 Daytime Emmy Awards. That's a lot of nuts. And won once in 2001. For outstanding live and direct-to-tape sound mixing. What? Okay. Well. And it, it was a tie that year with Who, who Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> so Barney could Regis. never Barney could never could take away the big one. He had to share it with Regis. Nobody wanted to give Barney anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> no awards for this. But hey, Barney and Friends also ranked number 50 on TV Guide's 2002 list of the 50 worst TV shows of all time. Right? You know why? Because parents make those lists, not children. Oh, you wanted an award? Oh, parents give awards, not preschoolers. No Am bar- I being rude right now? There's no now? participation awards here, Barney. Oh, man. I'm sorry. There are people who worked hard on this, but it was for the kids, so you just, shh. You did what you wanted. This was, this was the decision you made consciously. <laughs> All right, so the legacy of Barney and Friends. Uh, despite Barney and Friends' success in the ratings, PBS initially opted not to provide funding beyond the initial 30-episode run. Oh. Be probably because they saw what Barney was. Yeah. But, so, the, Conne- the Connecticut public television executives wrote letters to their fellow PBS member stations urging them to get PBS to reconsider. And the show's production company sent out notices through the Barney fan club telling parents to write letters and make phone calls to their local PBS stations to show their support. Oh, so you need to parents now. You need to parents, but you couldn't make something that was going to be tolerable for them. 
Uh, Barney and Friends ran for 14 seasons of 268 episodes. I I feel like that's that's underselling it. I thought there'd be more. It's ran. That's barely syndicated. I mean, it's not. It's very syndicated. I'm just saying, like honestly, like kids don't care. You can just rerun the same. Yeah. 60 episodes of Barney forever, and no no kid would be the wiser. The parents would. <laughs> Okay, in addition to Barney the Purple T-Rex, the show introduced several more dinosaurs to the show. Okay. Um, the first season saw the debut of a green triceratops named... Baby Bop. Uh, who had been introduced in the Barney videotapes. So she wasn't a new character. Mm-hmm. She, she was just a carryover. Right. Um, the second season saw the debut of a yellow protoceratops, unfortunately named BJ. BJ. <laughs> in season 10, this is way after I was out. Saw the debut of an orange hadrosaur named R- Riff. Or Did he Ruff. have a hat? I don't know. I don't know. I think I might have mis. I-, I might have mistyped this. It's either Riff or Ruff. I think it's Riff. 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 Barn. Barn. Barney. Ew! This is an ugly bar- dinosaur. <laughs> Let me and see it, it. And it is Riff. Let me see it. Oh dear! That is not it. a great costume, that's guys. A, that's a that's a Teletubby Barney. Let's if Barney had a baby with a Teletubby. Should I should I draw draw this? No. Should I draw draw this for? We, we will we will most definitely <laughs> share this on social media. People need to see Riff. Look at the plushie. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, okay, Barney and Friends came to an end November second, two thousand ten, as just as I was finishing high school. Barney finished grade school the same time I finished. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, the sh- the whole family. I hate it. Um the show was reportedly set for a revival in 2015. No. But, but nothing has come up since. Thank you. Cooler heads prevailed. <laughs> uh Barney has starred in well over 100 home video specials, five stage shows, a Universal Studio show, a Sega Genesis video game, and a feature film. Can we get the Genesis game? No, I'm sure it's awful. Um, I my little sister had the Barney movie on VHS. I I remember it was like Barney had to protect an egg for the movie. It was like a magic egg that he had to keep from like. Isn't that cracking. just the Digimon movie? <laughs> I don't know, man. And in 2019, Mattel Films announced that a second Barney film had entered production. Um, reportedly, it's going to be like a subversion of Barney. This isn't your the Barney you remember. It's different. I don't know if that means darker. I, I don't know. I don't like any of I, those I, I words don't either. That, like, you, that is not selling it for me. It's like, guys, just just stop. Just, just don't do that. Just don't do that. Just don't do that. <laughs> it's Shin Godzilla Barney. Oh, man. <laughs> if the folks behind Shin Godzilla make Barney, I'm down with it. But no! that, only then. All right. So what about the folks who worked on the show? Where did they go from here? Well, creator Cheryl Leach has continued to shepherd the Barney franchise. Like she, her hands are all over it. I mean, it's she her made baby. It. Um, she made it for her baby. Yep. Yeah. So, voice actor Bob West, who played Barney, like the voice of Barney, mm-hmm. uh, retired from voicing Barney and voice acting in general in the year two thousand, and now works as a graphic devi- a graphic designer for TV and film. Nice. He did reprise his role as the Purple Dinosaur in two thousand five during PBS Kids Sprout launch. Oh yeah, that was a thing. Sprout is it? That's a show. No, it's like a... Block? Yeah. And for the moment you've all been waiting for, David Joyner, the man in the Barney suit, retired from the Barney role in 1998. He didn't kill anybody. He wasn't arrested for any crimes. But he does work now as a tantric sex therapist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he does. 
I don't know what tone that was that I used to agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So like all the weird rumors you hear about the guy in the suit, like he didn't do anything wrong, nothing untoward. He just works as a tantric sex therapist. <laughs> and Barney doesn't want any connection with that. No. Or Barney completely and friends se- company. Those are completely separate parts of his lives. He, yes. Barney is in the past. And of course, so I can't talk about the legacy of Barney and not talk about anti-Barney humor. Oh. There is an entire Wikipedia article devoted to anti-Barney humor. So I have a list of fun anti-Barney humor that I want to talk about. Before we get into this, I would just like to say, kids, cyberbullying is bad. Do not cyberbully people. Do not see people online as celebrities or different from you and go and you know, tear their lives apart with jokes, quote unquote, that are mean and hurtful. And um, don't do it. You may continue. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all fun and games to make fun of the purple dinosaur. That's it. Okay. Uh, University of Chicago professor W.J.T. Mitchell, in his book, The Last Dinosaur Book, The Life and Times of a Cultural Icon, notes that the program, Barney and Friends, is often the target for parody and negative attacks by children of various ages, adolescents, and adults in the United States and elsewhere. This is all due to the notions given that the show is saccharine, boring, annoying, sugary, dangerous, or uneducational. The Wikipedia article does note that only Caillou triggers a level of revulsion in audiences comparable comparable to that scene in Toward Barney. Oh, gosh. I, I don't like Caillou. You just, haven't watched Caillou. I haven't, but just, just seeing... The art? The art of Caillou makes me upset. Okay. Yeah. So, I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> Anti-Barney humor became a staple on the schoolyard. Absolutely. It was the focus of an entire chapter of the 1995 book, Greasy Grimy Gopher Guts, The Subversive Folklore of Childhood. Can we get that book? That sounds like a fun book. That sounds like a fun book. Yeah, but like legit, I'm sure every kid out there has sang Barney parody songs. Like the Every I- adult out there yeah. has at some point. Yeah. I don't even know where these things start, you know? It's like one kid tells another kid it's like a virus, right? Yeah. It's like, um, I love you. Or just, it's, I, I hate, hate you. you. I, yeah, all that. Oh, do you want, no. I hate you, you hate me. Let's get together and kill Barney. <laughs> Barney. <laughs> Off Barney with a great big axe. And a, no, I, I don't know that part. Well, there's a lot. Or and, the, yeah. the Batman one. Wait, that's not bad. Batman no, the dead. one I remember is Joy to the world, Barney is dead. Yeah. We barbecued his, his head. head. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is this was a documented thing. Yeah. It's weird, man. Kids are weird. Yeah. All right. So, here's a bunch of Barney parodies. Charles Barkley, ah. the basketball player, was a guest host on Saturday Night Live, September 25th, 1993, like just a, a little over a year after Barney debuted. He performed a skit that parodied his Godzilla-themed Nike commercial by facing off against Barney in a one-on-one match. (laughs) That's fun. That's fun. Um, The animated series Animaniacs produced an entire episode in 1994, satirizing Barney, in which the main characters confront Baloney, (laughs) an orange dinosaur meant to be a parody of Barney. That same year, the sitcom Dinosaurs produced a satire episode called Georgie Must Die, featuring Georgie. I want to watch that. That sounds fun. <laughs> yep. Uh, Italian comic book imprint Parody Press released an anthology comic book titled Kill Barney in <laughs> 1994. Wow. All a, the subtext. A collection of short stories and one-page strips depicting the death of the purple dinosaur. 
1994, Foxtrot comic strip features uh, the 10 year old character Jason writing a letter to PBS telling them that Barney should be eating the kids after he saw Jurassic Park. <laughs> the science humor magazine Annals of Improbable Research published in its 1995 January and February issue a taxonomical article titled The Taxonomy of Barney that included x rays of the character skeleton. Wow. And the Mad Magazine fold in for issue 328 asked. What single goal has brought agreement and unity among vastly different groups? And the answer was, a dead Barney with the word extinct on it. Wow. And the caption then read, death to Barney. Oh, gosh. People want to kill Barney. Yes. In 1998, the owners of Barney and Friends sued Ted Giannoulis, who plays the sports mascot, the San Diego Chicken for copyright and trademark infringement over a sketch in which the chicken engages in a slapstick dance contest slash fight against a Barney-like character. Okay. The San Diego chicken prevailed uh, in the lawsuit uh, and recovered his attorney's fees based on the court's determination that his sketch was a legitimate parody uh, and therefore protected speech. Okay. Two similar suits were filed by the Barney people in 2001 (laughs) in which they were equally unsuccessful. They tried. So, you can parody Barney all you want. Yeah. Uh, Barney has been the subject of criticism in several parody songs, such as Jurassic Park by Weird Al, uh, Evil Barney Bus Driver and Evil Barney Babysitter by comedian Stephen Lynch, and Barney's on Fire by Tony Mason. Oh, gosh. (laughs) This one's one's weird. We're getting to, like, the, the, like, seething hatred for Barney now. The Jihad to Destroy Barney. What? Dating back to Usenet groups in the early 90s. What? Describes itself as a, quote, heterogeneous organization of people on the internet dedicated to the defamation, humiliation, eradication, killing, and removal of Barney the Purple Dinosaur of the television show Barney and Friends from the airways and from every human's life. (laughs) That sounds like some 4chan mess right there. Yes. Wow. Yeah, here's a fun one. One of the most widely distributed works of anti-Barney humor appeared in the 2001 book... Science Askew determined that a phrase containing Barney contained a chronogram for the Book of Revelations number of the Beast 666. (laughs) Allow me to read the formula. Oh, no. The character of Barney is well described as a, quote, cute purple dinosaur. The Latin points out how the former Latin alphabet used the letter V in place of U. Therefore, the above phrase is cute purple dinosaur with all the U's being V's. Letters that do not represent Roman numerals are then removed, leaving C-V-I-D-I-V. When the remaining numbers, 100, 5, 5, 50, 501, and 5, are added up, the result is 666, the number of the beast. Oh, dear. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, Now we're getting into, like, modern internet. So uh, when YouTube launched in 2006, um, several videos featured plush dolls of Barney being destroyed in various ways. Like, that was, like, one of the first, like, the earliest YouTube trends. So, I actually, in doing my research for this show, I was, look, uh, apparent, like, I was looking it up. Apparently, David Letterman had done a sketch where he, like, burned Barney in a fireplace or something. Oh! Um, I, I was trying to find the clip to, so I could describe it more accurately. Yeah. So, I googled the, what I thought the name of the clip was. The first YouTube result 
was a man crucifying Barney and then oh. setting him setting him on fire. Why? <laughs> People, it's not that serious. You have to understand Barney died for your sins. No, no he, he died, did it. He died so that you may you live. You stop that. <laughs> you stop that right now. No beast of the what is it? He's <laughs> dying for my sins. <laughs> and Barney's I, here's where it gets really dark. Barney's It wasn't dark already? <laughs> Barney's I Love You song was among those used by interrogators at Guantanamo Bay detention camp to coerce detainees and was used to inflict psychological stress on Iraqi prisoners of war during the Iraq war. These are all documented. That is terrifying. That is terrifying. And and mean. And that is the end of Barney. Oh. Oh, thank goodness. I hope you enjoyed all of that talk about Barney and friends. Did not. So... (laughs) So with that, we're going to close out this segment and be back with something way better. How did that take an hour? A lot of anti-Barney hate. (sighs) Anyway, we're going to close out this segment with Barney's on Fire uh, by Tony Mason. Oh, gosh. Um, I hope you enjoy it. We'll see you on the other side with just a show of 1992. Oh, boy, Barney's on fire. It's what we've always desired. We'll watch the flames get higher. Just don't try to put him out. That's right, I lead a dangerous life. Time for these messages. Hi, everyone. I'm Barney the Dinosaur, and these are some of my friends. (laughs) You know what I like most of all? Spending time with the people I love. Join us for songs, adventure, and special times on Bonnie and Friends. <laughs> Weekday mornings at 7. We're back. Ah! What's that we're coming in with? Music. It's Japanese music. Oh. Yeah, that is the song. I forgot how to say music in Japanese. Oh. <laughs> I, I went, my brain said it almost is Nihono, but then I put the Korean word for music instead of the Japanese for music, which is Nihono Uma. Weird. That is the song Hohoemi no Bakudan, which means smile bomb in Japanese. <laughs> And guess what it makes me do? Smile. Because that is the theme song, the original Japanese song, Japanese theme song for Just a Show of 1992. Debuting October 10th, 1992 on Fuji TV. Directed by Noriyuki Abe, Abe. Based on the hit manga series by Yoshihiro Togashi. That show is... Yu Yu Hakusho. Yu Yu Hakusho. I don't know, did the, did the uh, voice actor in that show like have like a Dragon Ball Z like type voice? You, you, Hakusho! Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> it wasn't as exciting. Though. Sorry. I'm too excited. Uh, tell For us. For a good show. Why is uh, you, you, Hakusho your show? Because I have better taste than you, whom debuted this year of 1992. <laughs> what's, your, what's your history with you, you, Hakusho? Um, ugh, I don't know. It was either Adult Swim or Tanami. I feel it like was it had on, to been... It was on both of those things. 
then it was probably both of those things that yeah. I watched it on. There you go. Um, I was a kid who had her own room eventually and her own TV in her own room. That is not a thing that I will be allowing for my kids. Mm. But who cares? They'll probably eventually have a phone. Anyway, um, and I watched a lot of anime. Or maybe not a lot, but I watched a good amount yeah. of what was available to me as a kid in America in the 90s. Yeah, whatever was on Cartoon Network. Yeah, that's uh, basically it. That was Cartoon Network was literally the only place that had like the goal, had the goal <laughs> to... Um, actually put anime on like lightly edited anime too yeah, yeah yeah like there's like they're yeah 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 because like the wb and four kids like they had pokemon and digimon and and sar- a heavily 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 edited version of card capture <laughs> sakura right um but at least with toonami adult swim like they were sh- like keeping in the you know, the cursing and the violence and some of the heavy subject matter. Yeah. I mean, they, like, edit out some of the blood sometimes depending on, like, what time of the day you would yeah, see it on. But yeah. you still see people die. You're right. <laughs> um, so I... That's the thing. I, like, growing up, a lot of my friends liked anime. And I like some anime. I like Pokemon. I like Digimon. I liked Yu-Gi-Oh! And I was coerced into watching Dragon Ball Z. So I <laughs> liked that eventually. But, like... I, I, we're not a huge. I'm not a huge anime fan. I think it's probably good for you. You are a very wonderful person, but I could understand you being into the music you were into and anime. Mm. Too edgelord. Too too a bit too much. A bit. Yeah. You would not. No. <laughs> and that's the thing. I like. So it's like. I, I didn't watch One Piece. I didn't watch like Naruto when other people did. I didn't mm-hmm. watch Bleach, right? So I just like I, there's just like holes in my you know my media, m- yeah, <laughs> my media consciousness with with anime, yeah. So people like oh you like gaming you like you must love anime. Like, you let's must talk love about anime. Like, no, nope, not really. I'm not much of an anime fan to be honest. Sorry. Um, I have a funny story. So I honestly like I always confuse Yu Yu Hakusho with Inuyasha. Until, like, we watched it for this show. I will fight you. Sorry, I, did, I didn't know the difference. I will fight you. So when you told me we're going to watch Yu Yu Hakusho, I was like, is that the one with the cat swordman? He's a Inu. Inu. What do you mean cat? Does this Neku wash? Inu means dog. I need to walk away. <laughs> I'm so mad. So it's a dog swordsman. So yeah, again, don't know, never watched it. My cousin, my one of my I hope cousins, I break your ears when you ed- yeah. edit this audio. I'm gonna turn you down. You clipped, <laughs> but um, or even Roroni Kenshin. Like, sorry, these what, are. What, what did you think Roroni Kenshin was? I don't know. It was just like words I don't recognize. So it's like I had no frame of reference for any of this stuff. So here's the funny story. Samurai Deeper Kyo. Don't know who that is. <sighs> <laughs> how did we marry so when i went when i was in college i went to a costume party halloween right i dressed as tuxedo mask from sailor moon right not because i ever watched sailor moon but because tuxedo mask was like a meme <laughs> so i knew of tuxedo mask because of like twitter and gaming videos right mm-hmm. people would reference tuxedo mask so i was like that's funny i'm gonna dress up like tuxedo mask so my friend walks up to me, huge anime fan, right? And he, he goes, oh, wow, that's a great tuxedo mask costume. What do you think of mine? And he points his fingers like a gun, and he's looking at me. He's dressed in like a green jumpsuit. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Who was that? 
Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, that feels like straight up his alley. Yeah. I, like, just imagined him. <laughs> he's like, huh? 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 And I'm like, I have, I have no idea what that <laughs> Adorable. is. Adorable! Like, he's like, Yu Yu Hakusho. And I was like, I've never seen that. I don't know what that is. So He him, broke his little anime heart. Yeah, him and, him and my other friend uh, dressed up like... He, this guy was in green, the other guy was in blue, and he was... Who, who, was, who was Kuwabara? Oh! I'm texting him right now! <laughs> So yeah, like that's to me like that's my first like real memory of Yu Yu Hakusho is like oh. me failing at being an anime fan. Oh man, we're <laughs> gonna watch that whole show after we're done with season two. So tell us what is what is Yu Yu Hakusho about for, um, for those uninitiated before we're gonna I get go through this. But Yu Yu Hakusho is about a young boy who um, goes through a small his- mishap and then fixes it and then becomes a spirit detective. A high school student dies. No. It's not a high school student? No. It's a middle school student? Yes. Middle school student <laughs> dies. Literally says it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> he goes to the afterlife. Um, he proves his worth as a, as a ghostly uh, sleuth, I guess, and becomes a otherworldly detective. I'm sorry. Did you not like my... my no, uh... it was good. <laughs> I was just being more thorough. Oh, okay. Thorough. And that is, that is, that is Yu Yu Hakusho. show. Uh, the gist. Let's talk about the history. <sighs> I'm so disappointed in you. (laughs) (laughs) Artist Yoshihiro Togashi started drawing manga when he was in elementary school and continued to stoke his passion uh, through high school and university. While in university, he submitted some of his manga to the magazine Weekly Shonen Jump, which we've talked about with Dragon Ball. This is the the biggest manga magazine, Mm -hmm. probably. At least for boy. Yeah, young young men. All of of those martial arts, young men, anime that you all love probably ran through. Weekly Shonen Jump. Um, in 1986, uh, he authored a manga called Butobi Straight, uh, for which he received the Tezuka Award, the most prestigious award for a new comic artist in Japan. Cool. That's cool. I don't know what Butobi Straight's about, but sounds cool. Oh, wait, I did write that down. <laughs> uh, Butobi Straight follows a, the exploits of a violent and impulsive boy uh, who sought to become the captain of his school's baseball club. I think uh, Togashi, like... All of his projects built to Yu Yu Hakusho yeah. because a violent, right. <laughs> a, vol- a violent and impulsive delinquent is very much what Yu Hakusho is also about. Like one half of it is kind of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's another thing. I feel like um, with that and Yu Yu Hakusho, like the main character like starts out as a delinquent. You know, he's a bully. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know, he's just like... We're, we'll have we'll have discussions. Yeah, he plays hooky. This was like... <clears throat> Very much inspired by Japan's, like, they had a delinquent yeah, delinquent problem in the 80s and mm-hmm. in early 90s. Like, it was, it's well documented. Um, a lot of media is based on that. Yeah. Um, there is a popular series of video games called Kunio Kun. Um, got games like Rampage, uh, Super Dodgeball, <laughs> and uh, River City Ransom. That's probably mm-hmm. the most popular one. Um, it is about a young delinquent boy, dresses just like the main character of Yu Yu Hakusho, whose name is... Yusuke Yurameshi. Yurameshi Yusuke. D- dresses just like him, Kunio Kun, <laughs> uh, with the you know the school uniform, and he just like walks down the street and gets in fights with rival gangs. Um, th- th- it reminds me of the more grounded aspects of Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm. So during his senior year of college, uh, Yoshihiro Togashi uh, was con- contacted by the editor of Weekly Shonen Jump, who asked him to move to Tokyo and begin a true career in manga. He was recruited. Oh my gosh, if somebody could please recruit me to be a writer, <laughs> thank you. 
Uh, from 1989 to 1990, uh, Togashi authored Okami Nanti Kawakunai, which means I'm not afraid of the wolf. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I heard those words in there. O- Oka- Okami means wolf, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a video game. Um, the, this manga was a collection of comedy manga short stories with one chapter titled Occult Tantaidan, which means occult detective group, which like... He he knew what he wanted to write. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he had an interest in delinquent young men and uh, the occult and detective stories. And he got them all. Yep. Uh, he also wrote a manga called Tende Showaru Cupid, which he- means an ill-tempered Cupid in heaven. I would like to read that one. That sounds fun. (laughs) It's a four-volume romance manga involving the relationship between a normal human boy and a beautiful devil girl. Yes, I would like to read that. What was the name again? I will be looking that up. Tende Showaru Cupid. I feel like you take all of those manga I just mentioned, put them in a blender. You've got Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) 100%. Yep. So after the conclusion of Ill-Tempered Cupid, uh, Togashi began to feel intimidated by the more popular shonen manga at the time. You got your Dragon Balls, your Jojo, Jojo's Bavaria Adventure. That wasn't that old. Jojo, 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 Jojo debuted in the eighties. You know, I always say Jojo, but my brain says Bobo, 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 Bobo. That's different. I know. Um, and he decided that he would need to create a fighting manga to gain uh, popularity. Okay. So he, he wanted to too. Yeah. Uh, drawing from his interest in horror movies and the occult, and expanding on ideas from his previous manga, he began work on what would become Yu Yu Hakusho, which means poltergeist report. Yu Yu means like ghost, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. So, the intention was to always have Yu Yu Hakusho slowly transition from a supernatural detective manga to a martial arts manga. I feel like it went the other way, though, <laughs> from the attention. The intention. I apparently like he. It went from being like he did some detectiving stuff, mm-hmm. and then they had like a martial arts tournament yes. at some point. Yes, but it still had to do with ghost stuff. Yeah, but he he knew he knew he was going to introduce martial arts. Oh yeah yeah, at some yeah, point. yeah 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 yeah. Oh man, season three is great. Yeah, um, Yu Yu Hakusho debuted in Weekly Shonen Jump on December third, nineteen ninety, and over the course of its run, became one of the magazine's best-selling manga series. Uh, the Yu Yu Hakusho anime was co-produced because because. If you have a reasonably successful manga, mm-hmm. nature says it's going to become an anime. That's true. It's just the nature of things. That's that's very true. You know what the nature of things now? If you have a reasonably successful webtoon, it's going to become a Korean drama. There you go. Uh, so the Yu Yu Hakusho anime was co-produced by Fuji TV, uh, Yomiko Advertising, and Studio Perot, <laughs> and debuted on Fuji TV in 1992. Uh, the show was directed by Noriyuki Abe who only had a few episode director credits up to that point, including on shows like Norakuru-kun, Norakuru-kun? and Musashi the Samurai Lord. <laughs> and that is the history of Yu Yu Hakusho. Hey. A man lived his dream. I mean... I'm happy for him. I'm really like, who gets that? Like, it was concise. It was... He, he went from point A to point B with very little fishing. Yep. So I, I feel like that's it's just that... He's a career man. He knew what he wanted to do. He had a backup plan. He didn't have a backup plan. Like mm. he said, if this doesn't work out, I'm just going to be a teacher. But he was responsible. He worked hard and he got it done. Do you think he wanted to be a teacher because he still wanted to work with delinquents in some way? 
<laughs> that might be the case. He he might see himself in like the the good role model teacher characters of this this manga anime. Mm-hmm. It's possible. I don't know. Maybe, maybe more of a oh, that's I was gonna make a reference, but you're just you, no anime or it's fine. <laughs> no anime or manga for you. It's nope, fine. <laughs> not me. But let's get into the show. Cool. So the first episode of Yu Yu Hakusho is called Surprise to Be Dead, and that is its title in Japan and the U.S. Nice. It doesn't have a silly <laughs> Japanese title. Uh, Japanese titles are always funny <laughs> in, in anime. Uh, so in this one, it's just Surprise to Be Dead. I mean, it's pretty silly. In Japanese, it has an exclamation point. <laughs> Surprise to Be Dead. Surprise to Be Dead. Yep. And of course, it introduces us, uh, as with all most anime of its time, with a narrator. So it all begins. This boy's name is Yusuke. He's 14 years old and is supposed to be the hero of this story. But oddly enough, he's dead. He's dead. He says you're 14. I was 14 in high school. Yes, but high school doesn't start. <laughs> there is only three years of high school oh, okay. in Japan. Fair enough. And... He's he, countries. He would be high school aged if he was in school in the U.S. Yes, but they say many times that 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 clip that I cut out. You're even going to gr- graduate middle school. Remember, you <laughs> kept saying you hated how she said middle school. Middle school. Middle school. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> tell us about Yusuke. Yusuke Yurameshi is uh, your exact words were um, a delinquent with a heart of gold. Delinquent with a heart of gold. Yeah. And ruffian, ruffian, and I think that's exactly what he is. He's just a. I have okay. Look, I'll fight you on a lot of stuff (laughs) because understanding um the the mangaka was that there. Yep, the mangaka from what you've told me of the history and stuff. Like, it took a lot for him to come to this place. Like he knew he was working towards this Magnus Open, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, so everything in this character is really built up right yeah. even though the are and, and so everything makes sense so you see him a lot and there's like lots of different things where you see just like oh yeah he's a thug and he does all these things and we're scared of him and you see what other people say about him that don't know him and then even some people who do know him and then you see how he actually reacts and stuff and so there's a lot that's like yeah he's he is a little bit more rough for reasons um and some of that is for him some of that is specifically because he's putting up a front to deal with the world that he's in and what people perceive with him anyway. But he literally has such a good heart, but nobody sees it. He's he's a very layered character. Yeah. This this was a really difficult episode to get clips for because everything was important. And I was like, yeah. honestly, go watch the show if you have Hulu. I, I was going to say, like... In in like high school English class, right? They teach you about characterization, right? It's yeah. Like, oh yeah, characterization can take many forms. It's like you know, uh, what a character does, what they say, how they act, what other people say about them, right? Yeah. I feel like this this episode has all of those things. Yeah. Like they perfectly characterize Yusuke. Yeah. Uh, where you, it's like you totally understand his character, even though he's very complex. Yeah. He's a troubled boy who gets into trouble, and you know is clearly like. He's angry and angsty, just like most, you know, just like a lot of like teenage boys are, and he gets into trouble. Whoever isn't at fourteen, right? But also, it's like you understand why he's that way. Yeah, and you, he has you know trouble at home, mm-hmm. and uh, he has issues with authority. He does. Um, and he, you know, he's had a troubled childhood, and he has poor 
he doesn't have a lot of like male role models in his life because his mom is you know single, I guess, or yeah. she's widowed. I don't know. And he also is like you know ha- his peers, the ones he like spends the most time with, like just want to fight him all the time. You know? Yeah, it's it's like it's such an interesting. What you're saying is true. All that is true. But then it also is that like he could have the capacity to like be better. He's going to be like quick tempered. Some people are quick tempered. He has the ability to like control that and do stuff like that. But it's exacerbated by the people around him that are like, you will be good for nothing forever. (laughs) It figures that on the one day I feel like going to school, everyone wants to push on me and give me their stupid lectures. I hate that school. I hate this town. I feel like that's that's a very like that's the surface level Yusuke, mm-hmm. right? The the angry teenager who is upset by his circumstances and the way he's treated, right? Uh, it, <laughs> there's a character later on. I won't, we won't introduce this character quite yet, but she's going to describe Yusuke on the surface level. Like, yeah. here's what the world thinks of yeah. you. You know, the general consensus. Yeah. Yusuke Yurameshi, age 14, personality is impulsive and ill-mannered with a violent temper. He has no respect for authority and is a horrible student. Things weren't looking up for you, were they? <laughs> That's none of your business! <laughs> tries to take a swing at her. Well, no, tries to take her notebook. Uh, speaking of Yusuke, he is voiced... That we're, we're listening to the English dub, obviously. Yes, that's um, what I grew up on. Uh, the voice actor Justin Cook not only voiced Yusuke, but he directed the entire dub as well. Huh. He was the voice director. Cool. Yeah. Well, he knew what he wanted it to sound like. That's nice. Yeah. I, I also want to, like... Okay, so there are, like, other things that people say about him. Like, like there are, like, lots of rumors about him that, like, exasperate... Like, that feed into this. No way, man. You mean he just gave you his wallet? That's fresh. You bet it is. He tried to pick on me, so I told him I was Yurameshi's cousin. He just dropped it and ran. Well, what are you gonna do if Yurameshi finds out you said that cousin stuff? He'll kill you. He'll spare me. (laughs) That blockhead will probably think it's true. (laughs) So Yusuke has a bit of a reputation. Yeah, and so that's just like some boys that, that go to the school that he goes to. Just talking trash. Just 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 talking trash, like and using his name to write like propagate even more bad rep for him. Yeah, and they think he just yeah, like you think, oh this bully, he must be like the you know, blockhead idiot, right? Yeah. You know, he's just you know, bolts for brains kind of thing. Right. But you know, no, Yusuke is he is intelligent. He just doesn't apply himself. Yeah. And then like it's also said, right, like, and that is, like, so that's just something from peers, but, like, teachers are like that, too, right? Like, there's a specific teacher that we see in several episodes for several seasons that that is just the worst, but, like, he even is just, there's no good that he sees in Yusuke. You boys are safe from him now. What happened? <laughs> Nothing. We're fine. I see. Yusuke was beating you two up for your wallets. Typical scum behavior. Whatever. No good weeds like you should have been plucked a long time ago. You don't belong here. You shouldn't talk. It makes you sound stupid. One, literally my favorite line the entire episode. You shouldn't talk. You sound stupid. I just want to use that in real life, but it's too mean. (laughs) But like, that's that's a teacher. That is an authority figure. 
And this is in the same, like... The, Did like, he call Yusuke scum? Yes. <laughs> Called him scum. Says he doesn't belong here. Said weeds like him should be picked. Like... And said, oh, yeah, you were stealing these kids' wallets. This is the wallet that these kids took from somebody who was, I guess, bullying them. But still, is he's just assuming that the problem is Urameshi. Yep. It, it's, it's clear that Yusuke, in, on some level, is a product of his environment. Mm-hmm. It's like... He's this way because teachers make him this way. Yeah. Like, nobody sees anything different in him. He doesn't help. He leans into it because, you know, like... If, he's a survivor. If, yeah. I almost started singing. <laughs> <laughs> he is a survivor, and he's going to do, like, okay, if this is, you know, if you can't fight them, fight them. <laughs> you know? And there's even more, right? Like, just rumors about, like, him being a gang leader. Mm-hmm. Is he gone? Why are you ducking around the corner? Be... Because we're scared of the great Urameshi. I don't see how you can actually talk to him. Aren't you just terrified of what he might do to you? Or even worse, what people might say of it? Not really. He just wants you to think that he's dangerous. On the inside, he's more like a lamb. Yeah, but you haven't heard the latest news about him, Keiko. He's super tough, and he kills for fun. Yeah, and if you cross him, he'll whistle for 2,000 bad guys with guns. Come on, Yusuke doesn't even know how to whistle. What? Besides, Yusuke couldn't order around two people, let alone 2,000. He doesn't have many friends. Yeah, so there's just, just like some random... Let's see if we have to introduce characters. but um, And that's just like random people who are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you were around him. And the voice that you hear, uh, Keiko, right, yep. is legitimately the only... Uh, one of two people... That are that you see in this first the first half of this uh, episode that are on his side. Yeah, they like you know they also call him out. They call him out for being like like leaning so hard into this like image and stuff. But they also are like no right like Keiko's like he's a lamb. Like he wants you to think he's dangerous, but he's really not going to do anything. All right. So speaking of Keiko, which is I guess his like childhood friend. Yeah, they grew up together. Hey, nice skirt. All the girls have to wear these. Just like all the boys have to wear blue jumpsuits, which I notice you're not. Oh, give me a break, Keiko. I look better in green. Maybe I'd be more tolerant, Yusuke, if I could see you in school more than once every ten days. <sighs> Sometimes I think you don't care about anyone but yourself, and then you don't even do that right. And that's love. <laughs> she calls him out. Yeah, she's like, like, you don't care about anyone but yourself. And you can't even do that right. That's friendship right there. <laughs> Yeah, you know she's like, too good for him. She's far too. They're friends. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just saying he he is he is in in you know this period of anime. He is he is very pervy oh, in yeah. a lot of ways, like yeah. all the characters are. And uh, true, like he, but he's only pervy to her. I get, it, but still, it's but no, still, it's not okay. Yeah, not an excuse. <laughs> it's like so, like she puts up with a lot of stuff with this guy. Yeah, you know, I think she gives him too much credit. Yeah, we on all, some level, we all need a friend that is too good for us. <laughs> We all, like, in real life, guys, kids, get yourself a friend that is too good for you, and also be a friend that is too good for someone else. Yeah. Um, and call those people, call the people who are worse than you bad, like, call them out. Yeah, like, <laughs> to hold, ma- how, hold people accountable. Hold people accountable. Um, but yeah, right, like, she's, uh, there. there's a different set, time in there where they've known each other since they were four, <laughs> and they're 14 now, so they've known each other for years, their families grew up together. And they're really good friends. So she is not intimidated at all by this, like, 
rough exterior rough exterior she saw him right she saw him like eat sand on the playground like like they've always been homies and so that she gets away with a lot more Mm -hmm. uh and i it's just not in use cake to like pick a fight if he's not being fought with first kind of thing um and she knows that and she sees that and she defends that and but even when she defends later on that same clip where she's just like no use cake would never do that he doesn't even have very many friends but like girls that she's talking to, she's like um keiko i think we would know like like his reputation is doing more than like the words of people who know him right, right. because people feed into it so much and i think he, he like you said he's leaned into it so much that he's helped construct this like this myth about yeah. Yusuke. Yeah. And you talked about another character that saw, sees the good in him. Yeah, there is another teacher, uh, um, t- uh, Tanaka. Principal Tanaka? Yes. Is it principal or mister? Uh, he he's a teacher, so technically it's Tanaka sensei. Sorry, old man. That's Mr. Takanaka. Mr. Takanaka. I've been calling for Takanaka. you all morning on the loudspeaker. Didn't hear it. Guess it mustn't be so loud after all, huh? I couldn't help but notice you were leaving us. Yeah? I got kicked out. Is that a fact, my good man? Perhaps we should discuss it in my office then. We'll have tea. Hmm? Um, He popped off his ear. (laughs) He had a fake ear. Yeah, and like even in that scene, you, you... I think I think when we were watching it the first time, you were like, "What is this guy doing?" He's just, there's more people. I was like, "No, that's like tough love kind yeah, of thing." Yeah, like he's pulling Yusuke's ear and like dragging him into his office. But it's like you're clear, like he's being stern but fair. Yeah, and he, he he wants to he he wants to be there for Yusuke. Yeah, to give him guidance. Yeah, to like pull himself out of it's where like, he's hey, at. I, let me make you a man, type of thing. Like, yeah, like in a good like a constructive way, like. I'm going to teach you how to be a respectful young man. Yeah. I think he legit was calling for him on the loudspeaker all day and then was like, something in my spidey principal senses says that this boy is going to try to skip school. So I'm going to wait by the the gate to snatch him. I feel like we've all had, at least like, I can identify certain principals and teachers that were like, like this man for me. Mm. I don't know. Just a good role model. So I appreciate Mr. Takanaka. Yeah, I think uh, (laughs) Miss Johnson, she was a counselor that made me, that pulled me out of my classes all day and made me do my personal statements for college because I was like, I don't want to, I'm lazy. I'd rather just not go to college than write several personal statements. She literally pulled me out of eight hour school, sat me in her office and made me write them. I'm glad she didn't call my parents. Did she pull you by the ear? (laughs) <laughs> no. might, might as well have might as well have <laughs> All right, what's what, what's another so there's a few more characters in in Yusuke's um, life that we're introduced to here at the beginning right so i think that we should probably meet mom yep so yusuke's mom Ahsoka? she is you described her as a deadbeat did i yeah well she is <laughs> she, she's a layabout i don't know what she does for for work uh i'm not sure either honestly my brain wants to say she's like a host uh hostess <laughs> uh a an escort maybe no 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 hostess a hostess that's okay. a very different thing Fair <laughs> but either way so she sure. like kind of just lays at home and watches tv in the day yeah and I... she gets day drunk it seems like yeah oh great mother of the year get me coffee <laughs> can't believe she's doing that why aren't you in school i left because they pissed me off well if you're never going to go there you might as well quit and get yourself a job 
Are you gonna give me a lecture too, Mom, while you're in your pajamas? Dear, if you hate preaching so much, you should live on your own. If you can't do that, can you? <laughs> mom of the year, indeed. She seems, like a, she seems like a very much like a young mom who like yeah. doesn't know what the heck she's doing. Yeah, I'm, she's definitely a young mom. So that's his home situation. That's why it, that is one of the main reasons he is the way he is. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I'm sure. Like with, uh, I don't know. This is me talking out of like as a writer. Just like I'm sure, like some of the fighting he had to do growing up was just to protect, like in deference of his like things that kids would say about his mom because they mm. overheard their parents say these things about his Maybe, mom. Maybe, yeah. You know, like I'm sure that that's where it started. It's a fan fiction in the making right there. I'm sure there is fan fiction. I didn't look up fan fiction. I don't read anime fan fiction. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but there is one more character in Yusuke's life that we need to introduce him, introduce to. It's, it's kind of a weird relationship they have. Kuwabara! It's not weird. I swear, could this day possibly get any stupider? You're a meshi. Hey, Kuwabara, you're conscious. I'm not used to that. Uh, that was a cheap shot last time, and I was only knocked out for a little bit, okay? Now I'm back, and I'm gonna beat your face up so bad even kittens won't look at you. So sorry you caught me on such a bad day. It makes me a real jerk. Ah, I feel better. So, Kuwabara... Wait a minute! He just walked away whistling! I thought he couldn't whistle! Did someone say he couldn't? Yeah, Keiko said he doesn't even know how to whistle. But he does. But he does! He must actually have 88 gangsters waiting for him. So that is a Kazuma Kuwabara, who is a rival, just rough, like, delinquent in the town. Yeah! They, they're, they're, they're rivals, and they just... Have fights in the streets. Yeah, they're totally turf Kuwabara, who said you can come to my part of town? <laughs> just get no fight. But do you really know nothing about turf wars? That, that's this legit. Yeah, but, I was like, you looked into like the the delinquent situation. Yeah, that the schools had yep. turf. It's just just like in uh just, just like like in, all real gangs. Yeah, just just like River City Ransom. You just you walk down the street, you see a rival gang member, you just <laughs> punch them to death and take their money. No. And that's what that's what uh, Yusuke does. He beats up Kuwabara and takes his money. He doesn't take his money. Might as well. I'm sure he's taking at least some money from that man. <laughs> so, so like Kuwabara is like this lovable idiot. I yeah, he is. He is. He yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's like he. That's it. And uh, it's funny. I wanted just to capture the um, the Japanese clip as well. I wanted you to hear what Kuwabara sounds like a Japanese. Japanese. It's a little different. This is Yusuke again. The same clip. やくみ。しょ。だ、腹立ってきたぞ。ちょ。うるめし。すごいな、クワバラ。毎日毎日。くぜ。勝負しろ。さらやし中の
Um, so apparently, Yoshihiro Togashi, the creator of the manga, mm-hmm. uh, stated that he was so greatly impressed by voice actor Shigeru Chiba's voice depiction of Kuwabara, he admitted that the voice actor un- understood the character better than he did. Cute. So, that's pretty good. High praise. High praise. So, of course, okay, that, that's, that's Yusuke's life before the big turn. Yeah. And something big happens midway through the episode. No, it happened at the beginning. It happened at the beginning, <laughs> and then we get a flashback to his life before, and then the, the big event happens, which is... He gets hit by a car. We don't even, have a, we don't even have a clip of that. No, um, but, I, I was going to get it, and you said we don't need it. True. So what happens is, Yusuke, before, like, he's walking down the street, and he sees a little kid, like, playing with a ball. Mm-hmm. And he scolds... He- yeah, he stops the kid because he's playing with the ball along a busy street, and then the kid starts like crying because he's this big guy in a green suit who looks like you know a greaser who is angry all the time. So he like plays with the kid, like like jokes him around until the kid's like happy or whatever, and then gives the ball back to him and is like, "Okay, don't play, in the don't street. play, don't play near the street. It's dangerous." And then he goes to the crosswalk, crosses, leaves. And before even that happens, you you see a little bit, you see like, you see the cracks in Yusuke's facade right mm-hmm. there when he, you know, is like trying to make this kid feel better, trying to make him stop crying, make him laugh a little bit. Like, so yeah. Yusuke cares and you yeah. see it. Yeah, he legitimately has a, um, a thought, uh, introspective moment where he's like, well, at least I can still make kids happy. Yeah. You know, at least I can do that. Like, he's aware that, like, nobody in his ha- life is happy with him or, or joy, enjoy, joy to see him. Even though Keiko is, he just doesn't see doesn't it like that. He doesn't notice it, right. Even though um, Takanaka is, but he doesn't see it like that. Mm-hmm. And so he, like, goes across the street and he looks back and the kid is just kicking the ball on the sidewalk, like, walking down the street. And not, not listening. <laughs> Yusuke goes like, what? Again? I told you. Oh, fine. Just get hit by a car. He literally says this out loud. And then the kid kicks the ball into the street. And runs into the street. And runs into the street in busy after traffic. As this car is speeding down and you're like seeing in the car like the two people are like laughing and having a great time not paying attention to the road. The driver's not paying attention to the road. And Yusuke is like, kid, watch out. Dashes across the road, shoves the kid out of the way, and Yusuke is dead. Yep. And so he like remembers all that and is like floating above uh, his bo- the kid and his body as they are being put into an ambulance and tracked away. And he's like, so what does that make me? A-, a ghost? And at that exact moment, we meet a new character. Yep, and it is Botan, the Grim Reaper. Who the hell are you? When people die unexpectedly like you just did, often they can't accept it and become ghosts, you see? You're not answering my question. Photon's my name, the pilot of the River Styx. I take care of people like you. <laughs> I believe in your culture. They also call me the Grim Reaper. Ring a bell? And it's just this cute anime girl on a, <laughs> on a broom. She is cute. And, uh, like, so... Broom? She's on a paddle. <laughs> oh, because it's... The River, River Styx. Okay, well, <laughs> she looks like a witch with a broom. Mm. Um, but... Uh, Botan explains to him that uh, she's there to take him to the afterlife, but um, what, what she says they they don't they weren't anticipating. Yeah, him. no, he doesn't. She doesn't even say any of that. She's like ghost explain, and he's being all crotchety, and that's when Botan's like, oh, "I know what you are. <laughs> you are your meshi fourteen. All of these things we already heard that clip." Right. Um, and he's just kind of like not like really letting her explain very much. Um, but like when he like realizes what she is, he's like, 
oh, so how's how's that kid? And they go and see the kid. Well, she also but, she, but, al- she also tells him that like she you him after that, but oh, you saving that boy like threw us all for the loop. Like yeah. that was completely out of character for you. So we weren't anticipating you dying yet. Yeah, so we don't even have a place for you in the afterlife yet. So. You, you could just kind of like she says, "Run somebody with your credentials through that situation a hundred times, and a hundred times they would not jump in the street." Actually, and and he's like, "You just expected that kid to die for real?" And she like looks in her book. She's like, "Actually, if you hadn't interfered, the car would have uh, he would the car would have missed him, and he would have uh, had one less scratch on his shoulder." <laughs> so you died for nothing. So you died for nothing. <laughs> Yusuke's not down with that. Can you tell me what happened to that kid I saved? Like, is he injured or what? You want to go visit him? Mm-hmm. Look at that. He's really okay. All right, Botan. I've got no regrets, so you can take me to hell or wherever it is I'm going. <laughs> Just take me to hell. I know where I'm going. Like, he has... This is this is the thing about Yusuke. Like, this character that I... Like, is so... He's bought into it. Yep. Right? Like, I think usually when you think of, like, people who are like, oh, but they have a heart of cold, they have their own morals, and so they know that they're they're good or they're kind, that they're these things. Like, so many people have told him that he's trash and worth nothing, that he's like, all right, just take me to hell or whatever. You're 14, baby. <laughs> this poor guy. Oh, man. But, of course... uh Botan explains that, well, we can't take you anywhere yet, you know, so you could just like pop around and do what you want for a while. You've got some downtime, but she also gives him uh, an offer, right? Mm Mm-hmm. What's so funny about that? Maybe you should have let me talk earlier. I'm not here to take you away from this world. Actually, I'm here to see if you'll accept an ordeal that could give you your life back. An ordeal? Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't hear more about the ordeal. At the moment. Right. Um, and I could tell you all things about it, but I'll tell you about it later. We don't hear more about the ordeal because, like like I said, like Yusuke has some feelings about himself. Unfinished business, too. No, not even that. Just he has feelings about himself. So he turns it down. Maybe, but no thanks. Huh? I think I like being a ghost. You said yourself my life was kind of pathetic, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to be much happier now that I'm erased. The teachers will be able to rest their big mouths. Plus, my mom will be able to party whenever she wants and not have to worry about where I'm at, huh? I'm sorry you feel that way at such an early age. Yeah, well, you've got to agree there's no point in me doing some stupid ordeal. I don't guess there's any point in making big decisions in a hurry. Why don't you spend some time at your wake and think it over? I'll come back when you decide. You got worms in your ears, lady? So, uh, th- this is very much a, uh, it's a wonderful life moment. Yeah. Everyone's life would be better off if I was dead. Yeah. <laughs> and he get, he straight up has a, it's a wonderful life sequence where he sees every important person in his life and what it's like for them now that he's gone. Yeah. Not like as if he had never existed, but like he sees how they all respond to his death. Yeah. And it's not what he's expecting. So some of it is what he's expecting. That's true. So like, obviously the bad teachers are still bad. Did you see those scums? They're just some losers that Yoramashi hung out with. Too bad that car wasn't big enough for them too. Now, now. Oof. We should be glad. After a life of being worthless, you skated something to give our school a good reputation. 
Well, between you and me, Mr. Iwamoto, I'd say he probably saved that little kid on accident while he was trying to knock him down and steal all his lunch money. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? I just... At his funeral, no less. I'm just like, I'm, his mom was in there crying. <laughs> but if any other, re well, okay, he doesn't have any other family. I'm just like, I would set a man on fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> the audacity. Yep. But then he's also here to hear this, right? Like, it is just. It's just more affirmation to Yusuke's, like, self-esteem issues. Right, like because his, they're. self-worth stuff. They're using all the fun buzzwords of, like, good for something, finally. Or, you know, like, wish he had died sooner. Wish all his friends would have died. Like... I bet you he didn't even mean to save that kid. <sighs> so, yes, the, that, that is Yusuke thinking, oh, yeah, okay, that, that is literally what everyone has thought of me. Great. But, of course, good Mr. Takanaka <laughs> comes in to <laughs> save the day. What do you suppose is more disgraceful? That boy shouting in misery or your insensitive and idiotic words? First, I was so surprised, Yusuke, to hear you'd saved a kid at the cost of your own life. You've always acted much more selfishly than that. Darn. Yusuke, I don't know why I don't feel like speaking well of you. Why didn't you stay? You could have made something great out of yourself. I like that. Yeah. I, I respect Mr. Takanaka a lot for that. Yeah. And I, that touches Yusuke. He's like, wow, Takanaka? Thinking that way about me? Yeah, like, he he thought all the teachers were the same when, like, clearly they weren't. Yeah. Clearly they weren't. But, like, that there is a person that not just cares but stands up, like, doesn't, like, allow that kind of stuff to fly, you right. know? Right, right. And even, like, even that, right? Like, um, he goes there thinking, like, like seeing that everybody's there. And first he sees what he expects to see and, see, and then he sees something he doesn't. Right. <laughs> Whoa, all my classmates are here. Just like I thought. Look at them laughing. They probably just came over here because they're getting extra credit. Keiko, please. Yusuke. Yusuke. No! Is she making all that racket for me? Like, could you imagine not expecting... Anyone to cry at your funeral? Right? Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, like, like that's just like, her. like again, right? Like, because my brain is saying, I, I'm pretty sure I was watching this for the first time when I was 14 or 15. I can remember having thoughts like that. Mm. No one would miss me if I was gone. Yeah, you know, but just in the very realest sense, like even when I, I was watching at that age, it's like Keiko clearly cares for him. Like, even if I didn't see Takanaka, if I didn't see that, you know, like it was just like, how, how did, what do you mean? That's unexpected. <laughs> yeah. And I think you, you get the same response when you see his mom. Yeah. Yeah. mom cry. Yeah. <laughs> his mom You know, crying. like, he doesn't even have a response to that. Yeah. Because he doesn't... Like, what do you do with that? His mom's a wreck. His mom's a wreck. I almost wanted to get a clip from her in the, the like, the next episode where she literally the wake's over and she's just, like, drunk, screaming at his, at his, the, the shrine, at, like, where his body is. Like, how dare you? How dare you? Just breaking things, right? Like, yep. like how dare you leave? <laughs> you know? And that's. It's rough. That's rough. That's rough. And most surprising, 
the uh, character shows up to the wake carrying on and having a fit we've already heard two people discuss this young man right so he, here he is kuwabara himself come on let's go back this isn't right shut up let go of me would you what kuwabara damn you you think you can just back out because you're scared kuwabara this place is for mourning I'm not gonna leave. Not until he comes out of here and lets me fight him. He can't do that. I'm gonna beat you down, you punk. You hear me? <laughs> uh, who do you think you are, huh? Dirty punk. Who am I gonna fight now? Who am I gonna fight? He's gone. No. You're supposed to be here for me. <laughs> this they're they're soulmates. Yes, I don't care what everyone said. They're they're soulmates. Uh-huh. They need each other. And this, this poor like lughead boy is like, I've lost my soulmate. Absolutely. I have no purpose anymore. I have no one to fight. Absolutely, <laughs> I love that. He's he's not realized that you get more than one soulmate. <laughs> that this is his like friendship soulmate. But like, yo, that mess hurts. Especially if yeah. you haven't realized like. That's my other half in a lot of ways, <laughs> you know? And she's like, oh, that's gone. I love their relationship. I love their bond because a lot of it is very, like, fighty, obviously. They do a lot of, like, fighting each other, but also fighting with each other, like, yep. as comrades, as as things go on. And that's such a, a real, like, I'm I'm glad that there are, like, depictions of, of that, right? Like, yep. the sorrow of just kind of losing a rival, losing somebody who, like, called you to do better, even if it was in fighting, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, even if he punched you in the face every day. Yeah, you know, like, that sucks. The thing I appreciate about this episode is how much ground they cover in so little time. Like, you get the so you, you get you get a pretty good characterization of Yusuke's life before mm-hmm. he dies, and then you get him dying, and it sets up the plot of the show. Mm-hmm. And then you get this like very touching scene at the wake where he sees how every person in his life really thinks about him now that he's gone, and he's like, "Wow, people did care about me." Yeah, it's like the plot of of It's a Wonderful Life done very quickly. Yeah, it's only like twenty two minutes. Twenty two minutes. Very, Barney, very what did effective. you do? Barney, what did you do? <laughs> Nothing. Not a single song was here, but so many lessons were learned. Barney wasted. <laughs> it's, it's time. And I think, like, the thing, right, when you watch this, it's very, depending on who you are, <laughs> what cycle of hormones you're on. Uh, like, I, not every time, but this specific time that we watched it last time, I teared up. <laughs> I was sad again about very, like very yeah you know like all these things especially sitting here and like really thinking about the like psychology of the character of Yusuke and just you know when people when you like believe lies right yeah. and to like hear people say the truth you're just not gonna like believe it and then to have that truth forced on you like yeah that's a whole new world like the whole new worldview like he just shakes you more yeah, than yeah. being dead apparently you know and I think that um, it, like, is hammered home by the the last um, person that we see at this wake, which is the little boy he saved, who's brought there by his mom. He goes uh, and he, like, 
says his mom like urges him to say something nice and he's like thank you for making funny faces <laughs> yeah, you know and he, and, he doesn't know he doesn't understand death yeah so as they're walking away he talks to his mom mommy do you think it'd be okay There's a lot oh. to unpack there. But first, I will say, like, this little boy sees Yusuke clearly, far more clearly pure, than he... He's a pure view of this... Yeah. Of what, what, this, what this boy is. Yeah, like saying, like, I know he seemed scary, but he's nice. He's kind. He helped me do all these things. He saved my life. These are things that not even Yusuke sees in himself. Yeah. And it's the, the final thing that helps him to, like, make his decision to... Except the ordeal. Yeah. So are you ready now? Yeah, I am. Good to hear. Now let's not waste any time and get this baby started. <laughs> this episode's only 22 hey, minutes. Let's go. Where are you going to take us? The spirit world. We're going to see someone who will explain the ordeal to you and give you what you need. What? What do I need? <laughs> and he needed that. He needed that. Like, like you're saying, it's just like... <laughs> A wonderful world, a wonderful life, compacted. Yep. And it works so well. Like, you're, like, with Yusuke. Like, yeah, fight for your life. Do this. Do it. Do it! And I think it's especially hammered home, like, with that last scene. Because I, I could not imagine being the mother of that small boy who almost lost her child. Then brings that child to another mother's child's funeral. <laughs> or wake. To pay respects. Yeah. And then has to go and explain, like, you almost died, but you didn't because somebody died for you. Oh, yep. this feels like we should. <laughs> hey, kids, have you heard about Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> he, he died on a cross on YouTube. No! <laughs> anyway, so I think that, like, it's so hammered home even in that, right? Like, Seeing an, I don't know, man, like for what the reasons that Yusuke decides to do this, he does. And it's because he's starting to see like, because even, okay. He sees even, his worth. He Not just he sees his worth, because even when he turned the, down the ordeal, it was because he thought that would be better for everyone else. He's yeah. not taking this back because he wants to go back to this life. He understands that when he goes back, if he is able to do this and he goes back, that crap teacher is going to still wish he was dead. Some of those kids at a school are still going to like laugh about him or use his name to like do bad things. Mm -hmm. um, he's doing it for Keiko, for his mother, for Takanaka, and for Kuwabara. Yep. That's, he's not even doing it for himself. Because before it was just like, oh, my teachers will finally be able to shut up. My mom will be able to party whenever she wants. She People can do whatever when I, if I'm not there. But he's going back because they would feel like their lives would be richer with him in it. Freaking love this show. It's a good show. <laughs> this one episode, y'all. Yep, and of course, they race off and in true anime fashion. The, the 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 narrator leaves us on a cliffhanger. And that's the way it is. After his first day of being dead, Yusuke has agreed to undergo a mysterious ordeal that could win back his life. But what adventures await him in 
the spirit world. Dun dun dun. Bum, 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 bum. And that is the first episode of a Yu Yu Hakusho. An excellent show. Would you recommend it? Absolutely. I would too. I, I wouldn't be uh, opposed to watching this show. We'll do it before Gargoyles. <laughs> One day. <laughs> So yeah, um, uh, let's talk about how Yu Yu Hakusho was received. The show. Okay. Um, so Yu Yu Hakusho was a surprise rating smash during its run in Japan. Funimation president Jen Fukunaga remarked that Yu Yu Hakusho, quote, came out of nowhere to surprise everyone with huge ratings, <laughs> which were just below those achieved by the popular Dragon Ball Z series. So this ah. was number two to Dragon Ball's number one. Uh, Dragon Ball? Dragon Ball Z. Oh, well, yeah, but... Dragon Ball Z debuted in 99. Oh, if you okay. remember, we talked about it. We do. Um, so the show was equally popular when it was brought to the U.S. in the early 2000s. This was like one of Cartoon Network's highest rated shows. And for good reason. Uh, critics have praised the show's versatile balance of narrative, character development, and action sequences. There wasn't a lot of action in this first episode. No. Other than him punching Koobari in the face. But um, from <laughs> By episode I- four, you're, you're there, son. There you go. Um, the Anime News Network, for example, identified Yu Yu Hakusho as, quote, one of the best action series out there and noted consistently good storytelling and character development throughout his uh, throughout its critique of key points of the series. Honestly, I feel like you would really enjoy it because you like Dragon Ball Z, but like in the fights, there aren't episodes long of people just powering up. They just mm. don't do that. They like they will take at most six minutes. There you go. However... And this is an interesting um, criticism that I found. Um, the show and manga have seen recent criticism in regards to its, quote, belittling of transgender characters and uh, some homophobia. Yeah. There's a bit of that. Yeah. Problematic I stuff. I can believe that. I, I, I don't condone it. It is a product of its time. Yeah. I do not condone it. <laughs> so. Eh. That's there. Just yeah. laying it out there. Um, Yu Yu Hakusho was voted the best anime of the year in 1994 and 1995. Good. Uh, in the Animage Anime Grand Prix. And it was the second best in 1993 after... Any guesses? Inuyasha? Mm-mm. <laughs> Dragon Ball? Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon! Um, and Animage declared this series number 53 on its top 100 anime listing in 2001, while the Japanese magazine Brutus voted it the sixth best anime of all time. I can't get behind that. Yeah. All right, the legacy of Yu Yu Hakusho. The Yu Yu Hakusho manga ended its run July 25th, 1994, with the anime ending its run shortly after December 17th, 1994. Um, Overall, the show ran for 112 episodes, later collected as four sagas. Okay. Um, Any highlights from that run that you want to talk about? Anything Anything that happens that you don't want to, like... Not necessarily spoil, but, like, where does the show go from here? Oh, it goes places. We get Kurabara. That's Kurabara. We get Kurama, whom is my favorite, obviously. Uh, Suichi, whatever. We get um, Hiei. These are, these are characters you're mentioning. Yes. Hiei is um, Chihuahua. He's tiny with lots of attitude. Big, big attitude. Okay. <laughs> Angry all time. We have, there's so many things. There's like, like so many new si- Like the, the plot though is that Yusuke gets his body back and becomes yeah, human Yeah, Yusuke gets again. his body back. He becomes human again with a uh, little bit of extra juice. Uh, so he becomes a spirit detective to help 
Uh, Solve mysteries? No, basically get escaped souls back to hell. Okay. <laughs> it's not a mystery. So he, play, um, he plays a Grim Reaper type. He, He's like he, the enforcer for the Grim Reaper. Yes, but then it like goes a little bit more like, oh, okay, they escaped. And not necessarily just escaped souls. There's like literal demons. And they're just like, oh, they're using these mystical things to do A, B, and C. And then we move from there to like, oh, hey, there's this really strong... Um, uh, martial artist who is going to she she knows this move and it's her move and she needs a successor or else the move dies with her so she's holding a competition um, but she doesn't care who wins so if uh, a literal demon wins they will be able to do this very very dangerous thing so mm-hmm. hey Yusuke can you go to this competition and win and be trained by her please uh, so the demon doesn't so the mini demons don't, Got but it. yes. And then from there we go to um, a lot of, a, then a character is uh, a character who's basically like an ice princess. When she cries, her tears turn into pearls or diamonds. And so she's captured and basically tortured. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot. Maybe so, they listen to Barney songs. No, I wish. <laughs> um, it's so that she will cry and make, men rich um and so they get sent in to save her and then they get an invitation to basically uh the world tournament the like demon world tournament uh and they have a team of five and they're humans in this like supernatural realm and so everybody's like "Mm, die squishy humans you watch clips of this yes (laughs) and from there it just keeps going like it keeps keeps going anime anime fair Two Yu Yu Hakusho theatrical films were released while the show was still on the air. There was Yu Yu Hakusho the Movie in 1993 and Yu Yu Hakusho the Movie Poltergeist Report in 1994. I think I saw one of them. Um, A series of Yu Yu Hakusho OVAs collectively titled Izo Hakusho, which means Image Report, were released uh, in Japan on VHS between 1994 and 1996. Hmm. Um, In 2001, the series was acquired by Funimation Entertainment. Funimation. Who, who had already struck gold with Dragon Ball Z for North American distribution of Yu Yu Hakusho in the U.S. The English dub aired from 2002 to 2006 on Cartoon Network, first on the channel's Adult Swim block, then later on the Toonami block. Mm. That is where Jess watched it. 2000 what? 2002 to 2006. That makes more sense. <laughs> in Japan and in the U.S., Yu Yu Hakusho has spawned a trading card game, action figures, books, and other licensed collectibles. I do not understand trading card games. I don't either. I, I like. I feel like one trading card game is enough. Which one? I don't know. Like for me, it was like Pokemon. You know, yeah. Like you collect a bunch of Pokemon cards. There's no other. There's no reason to collect more of no, other things. You don't battle with them. Yeah. But people battle with Yu-Gi-Oh and Mar- Magic Card, and I don't understand either of those. Uh, there are over twenty Yu Yu Hakusho video games, and many of them are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Many, but not all. I, uh, from what I rem- like, I, I had did not look at the most of the Japan only ones, but like the, of the ones that came to the U.S., they are all bad. <laughs> there were like ones for the Game Boy Advance, oh. and they all had bad reviews. Um, and the show's characters have appeared in a handful of Shonen Jump crossover fighting games. I huh. assume those are like I've heard those are pretty decent. good. Yeah, they're decent. Um, in 2018, a brand new OVA of Yu Yu Hakusho was released with a Blu-ray box set of the series in Japan. Oh. A stage play adaptation produced by Office ran in 2019 in Tokyo, Osaka, and other parts of Japan. I want it. I want to watch that. We'll have to see if that's on YouTube. We will need subtitles. (laughs) 
And in December 2020, it was announced that Yu Yu Hakusho will receive a Japanese live-action series adaptation that will stream on Netflix worldwide. I want it now! If it's made by the Roroni Kenshin people. Maybe that would be pretty cool. I want to watch it oh so badly. She wants it now. I'm going to have a party with people who like this. She wants it I'm going to call Greg. I'm going to call Timberlake. We're all going to do this. <laughs> do you hear me, Timberlake? We're watching this. Get Bandit. And that is a Yu Yu Hakusho. And that is the end of our show. 1992 TV. Who won? <laughs> I feel like this is a gimme episode for you. Take, take it, woman. I can make a uh, strong case for your show. No, no, you can't. I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> Barney can die in a fire. <laughs> and, and Yu Yu Yakusho can get hit by a car. And then relive. And then re- be reborn <laughs> as a wonderful television show. Huzzah! You know what I've learned from this? I need to make you watch Inuyasha. Hey, all you, like, if there are any listeners that are, like, great animators, can we get, like, a... Basically, take Yu Yu Hakusho and insert Barney. Make it Barney Spirit Detective. Just redo the whole opening sequence. Except With Barney characters. All of them are Barney. Barney is uh, Botan on, on her, her stick. Then Riff is Kuwabara. Oh, man. Oh, man. That Riff is so ugly. But yeah, that that's Jess wins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What about Rudder's up? What about Runners Up? Do you want to know what could have possibly beat Yo Yo Hakusho? Had you watched that more than Barney? Or just your oh, Runners Up? Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, what, what were my Runners Up? One, Goof Troop. Hey, that's another Disney Disney Afternoon show. You're definitely a Disney kid. I, I, I liked, that's the thing. I, I, I did watch a lot of Goof Troop like after school and stuff like that. But the thing is like. Once I aged out of it, there wasn't a little sister to then also watch it. So yeah. you can blame my little sister for this episode. I will. I'm going to text her right now. Oh. What else you got? Um, Just Nick News. Nick News with Linda Ellerby? Yeah. I used to watch that every morning. I would wake up at 6 a.m., I'd take a shower, I'd go in my room, turn on Nickelodeon, and it was like Nick News would play from like 6.30 to 7, and then from 7 to 7.30 before I went to school would be like Doug or... Something. Uh, Ghost Rider. <laughs> that Canadian TV show. I love Ghost Rider. That's actually one of my brothers up. Oh, wow. Is that I, 92? Yeah. Oh, wow. How about that? How about that? I actually had a question about Nick News. Yeah. Well, actually, this this makes sense as to why you were always looking up news on your phone. You, you were a news baby. I get Like, Nick News was just like... I, I think it was like a well-intended um, show. Like, mm-hmm. it had good... Uh, like, it had a good mission, you know? Linda Ellerbury was just trying to educate kids on important topics of the world. Like, you know, like, they, they had, like, pretty serious, like, yeah. you know, peer pressure and stuff like that. But also, like, hey, we're going to talk about, like... War. W- yeah. And, and, like, you know, like, I think... Apartheid. Even, no, like, and I think, like, even, like, divorce and, and like, uh, like mm. same... Or, uh, safe sex and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know? So, well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say... important what, lessons by, What would Linda you think Ellerby. if it ran today... Maybe, maybe, that's what we need, man. We need some Nick news. Right. Um, but all kids have Google, so yeah. <laughs> maybe not necessary. What are your runners-up? Um, my runners-up are one, Ghost Rider, like I said. There you go. Uh, which is an excellent show, and I liked it a lot. I liked it. It's just I, like, I, 
they they aired it out of order when I watched it. Same. That's why it's not mine. Yeah. Like I think that I think probably Ghost Rider is one of the re- no and Card Capture Secure is one of the reasons I can't watch things without it being in chronological order. Well, if it's a serialized show, you need to watch it in order. Yeah. Hey, TV companies, air your stuff in order. Yes. If it needs to be aired in order, do it. It's it was so it's so frustrating. If I ever watch an episode of anything out of order i stop watching the show i quit the show like if i know what's going to happen i i do not watch the show yeah like um martin martin lawrence yes i never watched that (laughs) i know (laughs) this is not a surprise to anyone oh baby (laughs) um and sailor moon Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon would no. There's no way Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon has far too many episodes. Yeah. Uh, and like different things. So I I did not watch the show. Like I watched it. I think I watched more Sailor Moon closer to its debut. So like in the late 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I watched basic like a full reboot and in order um, of Yu Yu Hakusho. On and Adult you're, Swim and you're in 2001 and stuff, yeah, and I rewatch it regularly. Yeah. Say, say, I was just in the way, in the, I was in the middle of rewatching it before we started this. It, Sailor Moon's weird, also. Like, whereas Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z are like the consensus is those are two different shows. Mm-hmm. Sailor Moon also has like a bunch of random satellite shows. Yeah, it's like you know Sailor Moon S, Sailor Moon T, yeah. Sailor Moon V. I don't, you know, whatever. Um, but when you look it up on Wikipedia, they're all just considered seasons of one Sailor Moon show. Yeah. So it's a little confusing. So we're just lumping all of Sailor Moon in together. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you. Some of this is also the reason I'll never go back and watch Sailor Moon. I was like, I have too much information. I'm like, when does when does Sailor Saturn show up? <laughs> like, wait, what about the sailor who's like the dark side of the moon? I don't know. Hey, but shout out to Tuxedo Mask. No shout outs to Darren. <laughs> None. He was a player and a hater. And he didn't get his mess together. And then eventually married the queen. No. Anyway, that's where we're runners up. Uh, I would have won runners up too. None of your shows would have been able to beat my shows. None of them. Um, Plugs, we're all done. Hey, let's got some plugs. What do you want to plug? Um, My hair. It's excellent today, guys. Hair has been brought to you by Media Made. Okay. <laughs> Um, hey, if you want to see more of the things that I do and I create by myself without, um, without, my husband, without me, without him, um, I have a YouTube channel called Taming Tales on YouTube as it would be as a YouTube channel where I tell stories and, um, do not great drawings, but whatever. And, uh, vlog a little bit. I'm not currently doing that as it is April. As I'm talking. But I'll probably be doing it when you're listening to this whenever this comes out. So yeah. um, hop on over. Um, as for me, you, I have several projects. Um, I write for a video game website called ZeldaDungeon.net. Talk all about the Legend of Zelda video game series. Um, I'm sure if you like anime, you like video games. So check <laughs> that out. Um, I also run a wrestling-based YouTube channel called Keep Kayfabe. That's K-A-Y-F-A-B-E. We follow the careers of our favorite wrestlers. And right now we're... Looking at somebody. <laughs> who knows what we're looking at? WWE. Probably still Eddie. No, WCW, WWE, ECW. Who knows? Who knows? Um, and uh, as for our show here, Media Made, you can follow us on Twitter at Media Made Show. 
Um, and you can follow us on Instagram at Media Made Show. We do things like polls and share links and pictures and all that other fun stuff. It, yeah. it's, I feel like it's a great supplemental. You get supplemental stuff from us and the shows and TV, sh- like and, and music and movies that we all talk about. Yeah, and we also want to like hear your stories about how you uh, interact with these different medias. Yeah. So let us know. What song you was saying about Barney on your playground? Yeah, tell us that. Or, or hey, go. But th- don't get flagged for inappropriate language. Or tell us, like, go through the list of 1992 TV shows and tell us what your show of 1992 was. Was it different from ours? Let us know. Was it Martin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, you can do us a favor. Tell a friend about the show. Yeah. Um, you can also do us another favor. You can leave us a five star review on your platform of choice. Yeah. iTunes. Spotify. Spotify, Google Playlist, uh, Google Podcasts. Yeah, all, the, all that stuff. All that hey, stuff. It, it helps with visibility. And also, if you're going to tell a friend about our podcast, also tell an enemy. Why not? Yeah. With that <laughs> said, hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. We're going to close out with the season one outro music for Yu Yu Hagi. It's my favorite. I love it so much. Listen to the whole thing. It is called Homework Ga Awo Owa Rane. Owa Rane. <laughs> What? It's called Homework Never Ends. <laughs> That's true. It doesn't. So with that, we will see you next time in 1993. Bye, kids. Stay safe. Don't play with balls. Near the street. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep that whole thing. I will. <laughs>